with Mitch Trubisky, I can at least walk through and be like, at least we went for the guy that we wanted. That's fine. Mitch is a quarterback that we never wanted. You know, you saw... You guys before the show, a lot of people like this one as well. That's the one! That's the one! <laughs> Same this guy... Like- John, you my man! You my man! I love this one! This one's a keeper. I don't care about anybody else. I can remove my team. That's a keeper. Jaleesa's supposed to go. Ahead, <laughs> I mean, guy, if he brought, if Mitchie, if my sister brought him home, I'd be terrified. <laughs> but he but seems like, so sweet at the same time. Oh, he time. does. Put his glasses, put his glasses. I get yeah. it. Also, voices from everywhere. And I always talk about this uh, for the fan, by the fans, for the fans. You know what I'm saying? And so you guys have a unique way of being able to do what you guys do. And I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much because I see you. If I see you, that means you guys are out there, and that's always Kenny Young. As long as you're not going to be a Green Bay Packer, I have to put that out there. I have to put that out there. Go anywhere else. As long as you don't go to Green Bay, we're okay. I know, I know, right? Now I appreciate you guys having me support, man. Honestly, like I think we're on this. (laughs) Guys, try and remain professional and compose yourself here for God's sake. This uh, this whole show is getting deleted, guys. Just so you know, know it's not. It's, n- <laughs> it's never going to be on. Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. It's great to be able to talk about Bears football, NFL draft. With that in mind, we have Illinois defensive back Tony Adams Jr. on the show with us. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm blessed, man. How you guys doing? Yeah, not too, not too bad. I'd say. You're probably going through a crazy time right now, getting ready for the draft. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a it's a waiting period, you know. Um, just trying to stay working out and stay ready. Yeah, absolutely. We we've gone through a, a bit of a transition talking about the Bears over the last while because new coaching staff, new systems. Something that might be a little bit familiar for you because you started off at Illinois with Lovey Smith. So, what was that like? Um, it was great. You know, I came into uh, college as a wide receiver. When I got there, Coach Smith said, uh, we're going to transition you to corner. Never played it really. Uh, so whenever we play corner, uh, and having Coach Smith there, man, you just learn so much, you know, uh, a guy who's been at it at the highest level, a guy who knows what he's talking about. Um, he taught me a lot and I really appreciate him. Yeah. Did, did you, what was your expectation when you were coming in? Did you get the biggest shock of your life when you go saying that you're going to play corner instead of playing wide receiver? Man, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a transition, you know. Um, but I came in with the mindset that I'm gonna play right away. I don't care who in front of me. Uh, I don't care who they are. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna attack them with everything I got, and we're gonna see who come out on top. Yeah, the, the Bears are gonna be having a a defense that's. Pretty similar in terms of Matt Everplus, the head coach for the Bears, has a very similar system to Lovey Smith. When okay. you were in that defense, what was kind of the main what was the main aspect that you took away from it? What was something that you remembered from that defense? Um, I, I know Coach Smith always preached about the ball. The ball, um, he just simplified simplified the game to us, you know what I'm saying? He always preached about the ball, getting the ball out, taking it away. And that's the main thing, you know. Um in that system, we had a lot of turnovers. Uh, I had my fair share of turnovers. Um, so, yeah, uh, just getting that ball, always being hungry for the ball uh, because all the time the offense don't protect it. So wh- why not get the ball back to your offense? You feel what I'm saying? 
Yeah, and Tony, this is a, this is another Tony here. Good to meet another Tony. You can never go wrong with too many Tonys on the yes, call. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I wanted to ask you about, uh, you obviously you took advantage this year uh, or last year rather of that sort of bonus year because of COVID um, and everything that kind of went along with that. Um, where do you think that that helped in terms of developing your game? And do you think it stood you on better ground for going into the draft this year? Uh, most definitely. I think um, it really proved my versatility. You know, uh, in Coach Smith's defense, we played a lot. Well, this year as well, we played a lot of cover too. Um, but also playing outside man-to-man with some of the best receivers in the conference. Um, I got I got the experience. I got to see what that's like playing out on the island really all by yourself. Um, and I think that really helped me a lot, you know what I'm saying, building that confidence that I could play outside, inside, and I could play the pre-safety <laughs> position. You know, because I didn't play it at all in college. So that just solidified it. And Tony, just talking about how you, you mentioned there that you were a wide receiver coming into college. Did you find then making that transition, being a former wide receiver, in a way helped you anticipate what opposition players are going to do, give you maybe a little bit of an edge to, you know, use that experience as a wide receiver and bring it with you to the other side of the ball? Uh, most definitely. I think um, the technical side is something I had to work on a lot. But when the ball was in the air and I was in position, uh, that was easy for me. It was like it was like a layup. You know, it was cake. You feel me? So when the ball was in the air, I think my freshman year at camp, I had like five or six picks. And they was like, well, we're going to have to play this kid. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that's what really helped a lot, the ball skills, because you don't see a lot of defensive backs with the greatest ball skill. Yeah, yeah. I think you're on mute there, Anthony. Sorry, Tony. What I find amazing, my man, is that the you almost feel the energy coming all the way through to Ireland. If I'm honest, when you're talking, it's brilliant to hear someone yes. with real energy and, and talking about football. Uh, I read in one of, one of the interviews you did there recently enough that that high energy is probably the biggest part of your game that you really want to to push on. What what do you think you need to do to to take the next step into the NFL? What's the one area you'd like to kind of improve on? Once you get there, what would you kind of like to like to see you gonna moving in, getting an early start? Uh, most definitely, it's it's areas I need to improve on. The biggest one would probably be being like a short tackler. Um, I've never been one that really shy away from uh, conflict. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm I'm always down with uh, however it's time to get down. But like just being a short tackler, make sure I make those tackles, and because in the next level. You playing athletes as good as you or even better than you. So being able to make sure uh, you give your defense another chance to stay on the field and make a play. You feel what I'm saying? So that always helps, being a short tackler. Just before you go any further on, onto it, because you're on a bear show and being in Illinois, uh, Chicago must be something that would interest you with us. Yeah, yeah, Chicago, I'm always up there. Um, I have cousins who stay up there. I got friends who stay up there. I be in Chicago all the time. Um, to be drafted or, um, yeah, to be drafted by the Bears would be a blessing for sure. Most definitely. Well, make, make sure if you do that, make sure you get on, back onto our show live. You know, talk to your family first. Come back onto our show straight away. Give us the hey, reaction I got first. you. For sure, most <laughs> definitely. I'm coming here first. You heard me here. Yeah, Ryan Paul's better draft you now because we need that to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. One of the things that kind of stands out is your versatility. You played corner, you played safety. What do you prefer playing? Do you see yourself as more of a safety or a corner? Do you find that 
you excel at one position more than the, the other, or do you find that you're comfortable at either spot? Uh, I, I believe this year uh, it showed that I'm, I could be comfortable at both. Um, I kind of have to find my way at corner this year a little bit, but uh, I think at, closer to the end of the year, I proved myself that I could go out there and play with the best of them. Um, but I'll say uh, more inside, you know, nickel, nickel, free safety position, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I could play free safety. I have all the tools to play an outside corner position, but I also have the mental capacity to go play free safety. And I think me playing inside would be the best of both worlds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it was an interesting one because I, I guess for, for yourself and in terms of the pro day comes along and then all the draft buzz kind of comes up. You have stories about yourself and a couple of your teammates where people are starting to recognize you guys a little bit more as – you guys didn't get to go to the the combine, but people were kind of very enthused about some of your numbers at the pro day. What was that like being able to show off your skills and even just training for, I guess, a workout or a pro day versus your regular training for actual football games? Um, it was it was a lot different. It was, it was something new. Um, I went and attacked each day. You know what I'm saying? I saw it as an opportunity to get better. And I just want to push myself past my comfort zone because I know ultimately that's where you find the best results. And I feel like I did that. And um, Pro Day, for me, it was all about just proving to myself I am who I think I am. You know what I'm saying? Because ultimately I had this vision of my, in my heart, really, of who I knew I could be. I never really lived up to it in college. But once I proved those numbers, I, I, start, I start saying to myself, okay. Like, we really we really is this. You know what I'm saying? That's just me talking to me. You really are that. You feel what I'm saying? So um, it was just a blessing, and uh, I'm just blessed for the opportunity to show the world what I could do. Yeah, the, the one thing that stands out when we hear you talk here, we've see, I've seen other articles and, and stuff about you as well, That and it's one of the questions that a lot of scouts, GMs always ask is the love of the game, because that's something you never, you never know, but it really comes across when you speak about football. So if you had that question come up from a scout, a, a GM that's meeting you and they asking you about how much you love football, what would you tell them? I mean, I, I, it's not much for me to tell, you know what I'm saying? I could prove it through my life story, you know, everything yeah. I've been through, all the injuries, all the adversities, all the deaths. I could have, I could have quit at any time, you know what I'm saying? But it's the love of the game, the love, the love of just working out, you know, and just proving to be better. And, and ultimately, it's about optimizing the potential that God has given me. You know what I'm saying? He get, He's given me these talents, and it's my job to optimize my full potential. First, to honor him, and second, to honor the people who's behind me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's really interesting kind of reading that kind of, I guess, the story as you – get to the different levels. And like you said, you've had to go through a lot even in college, going from the position change, playing safety, playing corner. What do you think you've learned about yourself throughout your collegiate career that prepares you for this next step of your career? I just, I just, um, I think it just proves my resiliency. You know what I'm saying? The will not to quit, the will to uh, take everything as a challenge and take everything personal and just try to do the best you can at it. Because it was games where, in the middle of the game, I had to move from corner to safety. And it was times I'm like, well, I've never really got to develop at one position, but it's, it's just a blessing that your coach believed in you that much to keep you out there, keep moving you around. And ultimately it just shows resiliency that 
even though everything I've been through, you feel what I'm saying? I'm I'm still going. I keep going. You feel me? And I ain't stopped. So I just it just show my character. Tony, for the last last few weeks, you've been kind of getting ready for for everything that's going to happen, and and you know the next three weeks. Um, looking at your pro day, you had some some tremendous numbers that you put up on that day. Um, I think uh, you had looking at it, it was like a four three uh, forty, which would have been like the fifth best at the corner position at the combine. You were ten foot eleven broad jump, forty one point five vertical again, which would have been voted uh, second, ranked second for both of those. Um, in terms of corners as well. So you've definitely done yourself a lot of favours with your performance at the, the Pro Day and the Combine. So what, what I wanted to ask was, obviously we touched on it before, how hard was it kind of getting to that stage? Because you never really train for a Combine or a pro, a pro Day throughout the season. It's a different sort of training. How hard was that in comparison to what your regular sort of training schedule would be? Um, It was really hard, just flipping the mindset and flipping your frame of mind, knowing that you're not doing football no more, but you're training like a track athlete. And that's something I did when I was younger. I ran the 400 hurdles. Um, I ran the 4-4. It was something I did. So uh, I understood the task at hand. And like at track, I just thought of it from that perspective. The only way you're going to get better is if you ultimately kill yourself. Like literally, like you have to push yourself beyond your limits because if you, if you play in your comfort zone, it's no way you're going to achieve the numbers you think you could uh, achieve. So I just took that approach every day. Um, talk to my friends who've been through it before me and uh, talk to the ones who were behind me. Because uh, to be honest, there's a lot of people who think I did what I did. I, if too much you told me I would have did that, I wouldn't have believed you either. But uh, it was just allowing my support staff to like push me allowing my friends to push me and ultimately the big man upstairs just gave me all these talents. So, yeah. Yes, sir. And, and moving on from what Tony said, really, is, is to look at from now to the draft. And what's really come across, and Karen asked the question about, about love of football, but it really comes across as your enthusiasm and your, your desire to do so well for, for yourself and your friends and your family. And that's admirable. I'm very, I'm really, I'm keeping an eye on what you're doing. I would love the Bears to take you by the way already. But from now to the draft, from a mindset perspective, what what what's what's your mindset between now and the draft actually happening, draft night? What's the what's the focus for you to to get yourself through to that date? Do you spend time with friends? Do you go on holidays? Do you what, what is it that you would you do for the next few weeks? Um, it's I, I think for me the biggest thing is developing discipline and just building those good habits you're gonna need to take you to the next level because ultimately you're going against champions. Uh, they were the best at college. Uh, and so you really don't have no core to slack really at all. And you want to get people who go want your job every day. So for me right now, it's about training my mind and training my body to break away from those old habits, to build good ones. So when I get there, I'm already ready to go. I already understand the assignment and it's just time to go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the, one of the questions, because anytime we, we get to hear from different draft prospects, one of the things that always comes up is, what the transition is going to be like, what you have to work on to, I guess, get yourself ready for that next level. You you appear to be someone that's really good at kind of self-analysis, Tony. So yes, is there something that you've seen in your own kind of tape or in the, over the past couple of years that you want to improve over the next year or the next two years within kind of your rookie scale in, in the NFL? 
Yeah. Um, first off, it'll be uh, playing with more physicality, most definitely. Uh, that's the first thing. Um, I, I believe I play with that, but I, I know in my head I could take it to a whole nother level. And then just getting the ball out more. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Every opportunity you get to make a play, you also have an opportunity to get the ball. And you see so many players at the next level that's great at it. So why not me? You feel what I'm saying? That's how I feel. Why not me? Why can't I be just like them? You feel me? The same opportunity is in the air. Uh, so, yeah, those are two things. Yeah. Who, who do you like to, I guess, resemble your game off of? So, obviously, I, I know I was I was reading one of the interviews you've done before. You mentioned kind of Charles Woodson before. Is there anybody you see currently in the NFL that you kind of try and emulate your game after or try and pick parts of their games to improve yourself over the coming years? Um, it's, it's no one in particular, but um, I love watching a little bit of everyone. Um, I like watching the real versatile dudes. I, Logan Ryan, uh, Kenny Moore, I watch a lot of that. But I also watch the best at the safeties and the corner position. So you can pick up a little bit from everyone. Um, I, I can't name one dude that's like I'm really stuck on because it, it's just so many great players out there. Uh, Xavier Howard, uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh Stephen Gilmore, like it's so many great players at each position. Like you just can't name one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's amazing to think as well, Tony, that in just a few weeks you could be playing alongside these guys as well. So that's something to to really be excited about. But what 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 I wanted yeah. to ask you is if if you could ha if you could if you could tell whatever team is thinking about you know taking Tony Adams at some point, what would you say to them? What would what would what would be your message to the team about you as not only the football player, but as the person as well? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. This, this is truly what I believe. I'm not, I'm not one to, uh, to talk much about myself and I let my actions show. So um, I would just tell them if, if they want to know more about me, go ask about me in my community, go ask about me at Illinois. You feel what I'm saying? You want to know the player? Watch the tape. Look at the pro day. You feel what I'm saying? That's what you're going to get. Uh, and the, the person, just go ask about me. I, I try to live with my heart. You feel what I'm saying? I try to do the right thing when the right time, at the right time that is required. And that's always so. Yeah. You feel me? Go at, go ask about me. Because I could tell you anything, ultimately. People going to tell you the truth. You feel me? This is true. And and Tony, sorry, just speaking of the draft, after all the hard work is done and all the effort is put in and, and we get to that day. So what, what's your plan then for draft night? What what do you have to, to do to kind of relax? Will you watch it at home with family and friends or go somewhere? Or what, what's the kind of plan for you? So I'm going to just chill. I'm going to be back in St. Louis. Uh, I have my, my, my family and my uh, close friends there and we'll just watch it together. And uh, we pray that everything works out in my favor. Yeah, so going with that, Tony, if it gets into whatever day it's going to be, what will that mean about you and your family to whether it hears your name on draft day? We, we hear it all the time. We see some really cool videos out there when it comes to it. You'll be there with your friends. You'll be there with your family. What will that mean when you get that call to kind of let you know that you're in that next level of your career? Um. First off, it'll mean everything because uh, you work so hard as a kid and uh, you see this vision in your head of that day happening, but you really don't know that day a day will come, you feel what I'm saying? 
So you yeah. kind of congratulate yourself, but you understand the job not done is not finished. You feel what I'm saying? You got a long way to go. So ultimately you celebrate the moment, but at the same time, keep that chip on your shoulder. Understand that the, the job's not finished. Uh, Tony, I think this is a teratone. I've asked you a question. Is the teratone going to say this? I'm really impressed with your attitude, my man. I think that it's it's refreshing to hear somebody talking the way you're talking, and and your credit to your family, credit to your friends, and credit to yourself. And mean that as long as you don't go to the Packers, I'll be supporting you. So I'll start. With the <laughs> and, uh, I appreciate you. Thank you. If you go there, then all bets are off, my friend. All bets are off. Um, but but in, in all seriousness, when, when it comes to when it comes to draft night, and I'll, I'll ask the question about being with your friends and family. How important have, have your friends and family been? And, and another question on that is: Have you kept the kind of same group of friends the whole way through your your kind of career that you've had since you were, since you were younger? Is it is it something that you kind of very closely friend and family group? And will they all be there on, on draft night, or will they be in different parts of the world? Or what's the what's the way that works for you? Um, I kind of. Like family, you have blood family, and then you have people that you're just really close with. So my my family, who I consider family, they'll be there with me, yeah. And I want them there. Like, I can't credit my mother, my father enough, and my friends. Like, crazy thing about it, like, sometimes at the crib when you got to work out, like, I ain't have nobody to work out with. So I tell my friends, like, okay, we're going to go to these girls' house. So I get them in the car, then I kind of trick them. And take them to the field with me. I trick them, take them to the field with me. They out there running routes, uh, throwing the ball, like you feel what I'm saying. Hey, this is a true story, but I can't thank them enough. Uh, they've been with me this whole process, and they've been they've been helping me every step of the way. So, yeah, I'm gonna have them there because this ultimately just not about me. Like we all win. You feel what I'm saying? Like all of our hard work came true. Yeah, that, that's the so, attitude you want to have. It always that reminds me of like. Story I remember hearing from Cristiano Ronaldo as he convict he used to trick his friends that they were going out for dinner, but instead they were going back to his house to train after a day of training. So uh, that just reminds me of that. It's it's really really refreshing. Look, Tony, last question that I have for you: We talk about you as a player, we talk about draft night, but the one thing I, I guess fans want to hear is if. If the Bears were to draft you, what type of person would the Chicago Bears be getting if you were lucky enough to get drafted by them? Um, they'll get some. They'll get a man. Uh, my bad. My connection was cutting out, so I hope I heard this question right. I hope I answer it correctly. Um, but the Bears will be getting a man who's chasing after God. So ultimately, that's where my heart is. Ultimately, I'm chasing after Christ. Um. And that that's pretty much self-explanatory. I'm and I'm I'm tough, smart, and dependable on the field and off the field. Like I'm I'm curious about life. Like I want to be better in every aspect that I can be. So you know what I'm saying. Ultimately, that helps on the field, but off the field, I want to be a I want to be a better friend. You feel what I'm saying? I want to be better at learning myself. Ultimately, finding hobbies outside the game. So, yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. You get, your, you get you get yourself to Ireland, Tony, at some stage. We'll, we'll make sure we look after you in, in that sense. Again, as long as you're not a packer, you come to Ireland, we look after you. You bring your, you bring your family over. It'll be, it'll be fun to have you over here. You're, hey, you're for a sure. Dude. I'm going to take you up on that one. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. I'll record it. It'll be great fun. You wouldn't have a clue what's going on. You wouldn't understand the word we're saying. But it's good fun. You're a good dude, man. I, I like you. You're a good dude. 
yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, Tony, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the draft process. Good luck with the, the draft days as well. Hopefully you'll you'll get to the Bears. Hopefully, even if you don't get to the Bears, it's just not with the Packers. Like we said, we have to be yeah. we have to be biased in that way. We always have to say it on the show. Don't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but honestly, Tony, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. We hopefully we'll get to talk to you when you either get a call from the Bears or even if it's another team that's not the Packers, we'd be happy to have you on again. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Thank you, guys. God bless y'all. For you real. Too, you too, Thank you, Tony. Best of luck. Take care. Have a good right. day. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. That was a lot of fun. He is a, a really good dude. He's. I've been doing a lot of research this week because, look, I, before I guess we conclude and move on to kind of future points, I do want to say a big thank you to Corey. We've had him on the show before from OSMG. Um, he's his agent. We've we reached out to him to get to get him on and it was it was really good so just a big shout out to Corey. we've had him on the show kind of twice we'll probably have him on again after the draft on all the dust sales because they're insanely busy at the moment as you would expect but he's a really interesting guy like you look at the measurables that are there the versatility is there the athleticism is clearly there and regardless of if he gets drafted if he gets drafted in fifth, sixth, seventh round. I know the projections right now are as like a UDFA, but when you have that type of athleticism, that type of versatility, you've any you've a lot of chance to get drafted, especially considering his head coach is the head coach of the Houston Texans. So like there's somebody that knows him well. So all we can say is for him is a good luck for, for him going towards this draft process. I personally hope that if he does last to the UDFAs because the Bears currently don't have a seventh round pick. And if he is at that point, I would love the Bears to be able to bring in, bring him in because there's a lot of versatility there. You've a guy that can play slot corner. You've a guy that can play a nickel. You can guy that can play safety. That's what you want, especially in a team that doesn't really know what they have in the defensive backfield right now. Andy, I'm going to bring it to you first because you kind of showed how, how much you like him. And just in terms of, the way he was speaking. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, see, that's the kind of player I want in Chicago Bears. That's the kind of personality I want in Chicago Bears. When money came across there, because it was the passion of, of, of the game of football, the importance he puts to family, the importance he puts to himself. And there was one thing he said during it, and he was like, oh, I'm going to be playing against guys that are going to be the same as me. I love that. That's a great attitude. That's an attitude of no one's going to be better than me. I don't care. He, he gives me the impression that he even thinks he should go in the first or second or third round. Right? That's that's what I love. I love that. that that's a mentality thing. And I remember Thomas Graham Jr. last year was the same as well when he got drafted by the Bears. He was a bit pissed off that he, that he had to go that, that length to get drafted. And I just like that. I like that attitude. I, I like the, the humbleness about it. I love the story about bringing his friends, telling him he's going to bring up the girls and actually, actually bring him to a football field to play a football. That's brilliant. That's genius, by the way. Um, but yeah, look, that, that's, that's that's a great interview, Kieran. That's a great get, by the way, and to, to his agents and, and that group to have to have him on. I wish him absolutely all the best. Again, as long as he doesn't go to Green Bay, uh, then it's all bets are off. Like, yeah, I think we I, no. I think we got to say that enough to him to where like he knows <laughs> if, there, if there's two options out there, same thing. Like make sure <laughs> the, fa- the fans love you more in Chicago than they do in Green Bay. That's all I can exactly. say. But, exactly. Yeah, look, like I think you you said it best during the interview, Anthony. He's a credit to his family, his coaching staff, and really all the people around him because 
the one thing that you can tell, and you don't often get this with prospects, because often it's that look at the end of the day, most of these guys that are kind of those first, second, third round picks, they're coached to say whatever answers that they want. Like when there's a guy that has something to prove, you get the honest the honest answers out of him. Like at the end of the day, him and a lot of the dudes from Illinois weren't invited to the combine. And they have to prove it in the pro day. They had their pro day and his pro day was really, really good. You mentioned it, Tony. Like at the end of the day, like it was like pretty remarkable to see some of the stats that he had from it. So like I'll I'll read out of them. His 40 yard dash was 4.4 seconds. His vertical jump was 41 and a half inches. His broad jump, I think it was 10 feet 11 or something like that. Like his shuttle was 4.06 seconds and his three count was 6.98 seconds. All of them are pretty much at the high end. And the, the one thing that you can say is these are the type of athletes that you're looking for. And as he was speaking, I kept hearing different things that Ryan Poles kind of was saying in the back of, in the back of my mind, I was thinking about it because he always wanted those kind of guys that there wasn't a lot of expectations from, but trying to break through that barrier. And he did that and he did it in ways I didn't even know. The fact is I had no clue that he was a wide receiver coming in and Lovey Smith asked him to go play defense. And instead of being one of those guys, you get recruited to come in <clears throat> and play wide receiver and they want you to move. And instead of kind of being that defense and no, I want to play wide receiver. He does it. He learns that position, plays safety and has something to a certain level to where he has that success. You see it on the field. He has a lot of tackles. He has, I think it's a fourth fumble in the overall in his career, nine interceptions. Like there's production there. But when people ask, well, why isn't he higher rated? Like you see it having to move positions is never easy. He did it for the team. And that's something that's really commendable. I think Look, Tony, I'll bring you in now. What was some of your takeaways from what we heard from Tony Adams Jr.? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, he strikes me that guy who'd walk into uh, a locker room and everybody would get on with him right away, you know, like, and I think that's so important, you know, because as you say, you don't want divas in your locker room, you know, you want personalities in your locker room, no doubt, and you want cockiness and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, you, you want someone who's going to get along with other folk, and he strikes me as that guy who can do that. You know, we talk about the, the pro day. I mean, those results from his pro day are top five at the corner position, you know. So think how many corners are out there in the in the, the draft process this year. There's a lot of guys, you know. How many how many corners do each, does each team need every year? A lot of corners. You can never have, have enough corners. You know, if this guy doesn't get, you know, get drafted to play um, starting corner or whatever, I mean, he's a he's a shoo-in for a special team situation right away, anyway, because of his sheer athleticism. Um, yeah. But if, even if you watch the, you watch the tape on him as well, though, you know, we talk about that versatility and the you know plays corner, played nickel, plays you know free safety. Um, you know, he's a guy that even if he's drafted as a corner, you know, the team might have him in mind to move him over and play in safety. I mean, you just watch his hitting abilities. He's got great field vision and. Um, you know, he just he has he has the skills to play pretty much anywhere in the defensive back uh, field. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, uh, I'd never spoken to the guy. Um, he's came on. All I've done is seen him, uh, seen his tape, and looked at the, the stats. And now I'm putting it all together. And if I'm a guy, I'm a GM. I'm looking at that type of guy. I'm saying 
that's the kind of guy you want in your team. And it's just a case of whether or not he finds a fit for him, you know, um, finding a team where, where, where there's a space for his um, sort of uh, game. Um, but versatility is one of those things that you can't pass up very often. Um, and uh, you don't get many of those kind of quote-unquote utility players that come along too often. Yeah, the one interesting thing, and I just kind of putting these two together, is when when we asked him, or when I asked him about players that he like emulates, I liked that some of the things that he was mentioned. One of them that kind of stuck out to me was when he was talking about some of the the cornerbacks. He mentions Kenny Moore, and the one thing that stuck out to me, Tony, I don't know if you remembered, but that was something that Thomas Graham Jr. mentioned about yeah. a guy that he kind of looked at how he worked with Indianapolis. And you see this defense is coming in, the same defense as Lovey Smith played. It wouldn't shock me if he's one of those guys that they could target because, again, like like we said, he has something to prove, but he has the athleticism to back it up. He mentioned it himself. Like in that last year for Illinois, it was about getting the technique down of playing that position because he didn't have that many years of doing it. He was a wide receiver and he comes in starts off playing safety and then moves to corner and he the one thing that you always want with especially the later guys one can they play special teams well he definitely has the athleticism to be able to play special teams two do you have versatility to where you can play many different positions he does that a guy like that is invaluable because when we look at the back end of the roster you're looking for guys that can play many different positions so look i was I was very, I, I was interested to see what he was going to be like, both as a person, but how he was able to present himself. And look, he, he passed that test. If he was going to be going to any visit to any team, you'd have to be impressed with the way he kind of holds himself. Um, but also, like I said, you, you can't teach athleticism. It's either there, you either have it or you don't. He has the size and he has the athleticism to match it. And look, one of the things that I do want to read out just for people that aren't really, I guess, too aware of him, because again, like I said, he's not one of these higher profile prospects that everybody reads about and everybody has an opinion on. Right. And that's the, that's the, always the interesting thing when we look at this, but just in terms of, I guess I was reading one of the scouting reports and they're not always ideal on it, but just some of his strengths. And I think it does match up with some of the things that he said. Right. So it says, lean athletic build with plenty of room for additional muscle mass. Legitimate NFL caliber athlete. So again, like we were saying, while built more like a cornerback than a safety, he has the vision, range, hitting ability, and ball skills. Teams want a free safety in the past heavy NFL. Has a solid frame with a strong lower body and much improved bulk. Fluid and rangy with the coordination and loose hips to quickly change directions. Again, very important if you're going to play the nickel position as well. Tough and scrappy with forceful nature to be physical at all levels of the field. Has good bulk on his frame to be aggressive and run support. Attacks the ball with authority with quick read and reactability. Willing and physical tackler. Flashes toughness and aggressive nature versus the run. If that doesn't scream out like a player that Matt Eberflus would want, I don't know what it is because that's what we keep hearing him describing the players that he wants, swarming to the football, playing team defense, team tackling. You kind of put these together because when it comes to the end of the draft or the UDFA market, you're looking for guys that have traits that you can build and develop in your system. For me, he definitely has that. Look, no, I'll 
come to you now. Um, what were some of your opinions from just being able to talk to him for about 20 minutes? Because it's it's great to be have to have one of these prospects on to be able to learn a little bit more and some of the insides about this draft process. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, to be honest, not much more to add to what you guys have said. Just, I mean, he seems like such a a good person. You know, that kind of way, someone who doesn't take for granted. Obviously, the the career he's had, and and he, you know, he's looking forward to that next step. And he kind of seems like he has the right mentality and the right desire to to want to make that next step and and to to better himself and and to become that NFL player. I mean, on the pitch, in terms of. Again, you guys have covered it. He appears to be a physical player. He's athletic. He, you know, as a DB, he's able to get the ball and catch it, which is very good. But then one of the big things, as you mentioned a couple of times, Kieran, he's played in a similar defense to the Bears. You know, he's all about that mentality of the ball is the most important thing and going and getting the ball. So, look, if the Bears were to, to end up taking him later on in the draft and he was able to come in, I mean, I, I, as Tony mentioned earlier, or maybe it was Anthony, you can't have too many guys with that kind of personality who will come into a locker room and you feel will get on with people, won't be troubled, will, will work hard and, you know, understands where he is and, and wants to, to take that next step. So, yeah, look, very, very impressive young man. Anthony was right when he commented a couple of times during the interview. His enthusiasm is there to see and his willingness to, to want to get better and to want to take that next step is there to see. So, yeah, look. Impressive and uh, absolutely best to look to him, no matter what way it goes, unless he's in Green Bay. Does it does it not make you feel really old when we keep referring to these guys as young men? Yes, yes, Tony. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. I wasn't sure whether to use the, the young man words there or not, but I said I better yeah. use it. I am what I am. That young born in two thousand three or something like that. When I was, <laughs> yeah. he, was he was born he was born in nineteen ninety nine. Like Thank let's God. not go let's not go too let's not go too crazy. Well, look, it it is it's it's because for a team in the Bears that don't have a lot of draft picks, and you can tell there's still a lot of roster holes there. There's still a lot of roster spots that the Bears have to select. If guys like this hit the UDFA market, that's where you really need to kind of go after it because you're looking for guys with skills. They may not be at the same level as those kind of first, second, third, fourth round picks what you're looking for is somebody that has those coachable skills that you can make it fit into your system that we see it all the time with udfas that they end up making it like we like, think about the amount of players that <clears throat> the bear that bears fans have kind of gravitated towards in recent years all from the udfa market like anytime we talk with pass rush the amount of people that mentioned charles snowden who was <laughs> who was one of the UDFA guys. Obviously, one of the recent years where there was a lot of success was um, Roy Robertson Harris was one who changed positions when he came to the Bears. So there's definitely op- or potential opportunities there. If the Bears don't go corner or safety within the first few rounds of the draft, he is definitely an option. I think there because there's a similar skill set with the one thing that you're looking for is guys, guys that are the UDFAs. They have that athleticism to where you can fit them into a certain way if you want to play and all it is about coaching and the one thing that we hear about with Eberflus is that he has he has that ability to help those guys especially on defense so look it's it's definitely interesting one to kind of look at going forward he's he's one I'll be listening for when it gets to those kind of late rounds hoping that he gets picked even if it's not for 
for the Bears because, like we said, he's he was very gracious with his time. It was really good to have him on. But that's that's where we're at, at the moment. It's it's really it's really interesting to kind of see some of these guys because a lot of guys are doing these interviews at the moment. The amount of the visits that are going on, the Bears have had a bunch of them in the past two three days. Ones that I guess people um, should know about: Kenyon Green, the Texans or the Texas A and M uh, offensive lineman was visiting the Bears. I believe it was yesterday. Um, I think it was one of the linebackers from Oklahoma who was scheduled to go into the second and third round. It was with the Bears as well. There's a couple more. All those top thirty visits are are going on right now because really by the end of this week to the start of next week those will eventually stop and you'll start to see the teams will be now looking at strategies. So most visits are probably done. You'll hear, you'll hear a lot over the next week or so um, in relation to those. But at the end of the day, the visits generally mean nothing because the amount of times guys come in for visit and they don't even get, and they don't get called on, on draft day by these particular teams or another reason, or the other thing is you end up drafting a guy your team has never met with because what they're trying to do is hide it from other people. Like the one thing I always think of is that the bears have met with Christian Watson twice. So that probably means they're not going to take Christian Watson because they're go- they'll hide whatever they possibly can. But look, it was, it was really good to get him on before we continue our draft coverage and talk about, we're going to use this show to talk about the offensive side of things with the draft in our next draft show. We'll be talking about the defensive side but this week, Tony, uh, you had a, a little, you had a story that kind of tweaked a lot of people. What will I say? I was there at work on whatever day it was, Tuesday, and I just see about fifty notifications. Then it goes to sixty-seven. I'm like, what has gone on? And I noticed Tony writes a story about David Montgomery and should the Bears trade David Montgomery this year? Before we give any opinions, Tony. I'm going to give the floor to yourself. What gave you this idea originally? I guess what was your premise as you were writing it? Because as you write a story, you think of the, the two sides and see, try and come with somewhere down the middle so that people can make their opinions afterwards. So what was your idea behind it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it kind of started off um, me saying that I don't necessarily think we should trade them. But it's certainly something that the Bears should think about. Um, I, I suppose when I, I kind of got down to the nitty gritty on it, I suppose the article was leaning more towards it might be a good idea to trade them. Um, it was just one of those things. We've spoke about it for you know a long time on the show about how we don't like the idea of paying running backs um, in the sense that it's a contract year. Um, we're going to have to give them some big deal next year um and we've seen it have happened time after time running backs get injured easily um they don't have a long shelf life um the you know they they lose speed they lose explosiveness they get hit a bunch so you know it's inevitable that that you know they're just going to constantly decline um that's just the position and for me um i i would say it's one of the biggest mistakes you can make is to when you're building a team when you're trying to build a winning franchise is to uh sign a, a running back to a long-term deal unless he's a rookie 
you know, so I, for that, that's just my opinion on it, and I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that. But the point I was trying to make was, well, if we're not going to sign, re-sign him next year, and we're not going to be in a position this year to win anything really, why not just trade him for something rather than next year he leaves, and we don't maybe we don't even get a comp pick for him because of other moves that are made. So you end up, you know, getting a year out of him. Great, he's, he's ran for nine hundred to thousand yards. We still finished with six wins, you know, and it didn't really make any difference. Whereas, trade them, maybe get a couple of fourth rounders or something like that. Um, and again, those could be, you know, significant parts to your team moving forward. Um, it was just, again, something to talk about, put it out there, see what people think. To be honest with you, I, I expected a backlash, but I was actually quite shocked at the percentage of folk that agreed that it was a good idea. Um uh, you know, obviously, there's there's other people out there that that don't just play Madden, um, and realize that you know there's other ways to build teams. So you know, it's it's certainly I th- I think it's a a conversation worth having, um, and I think for the Bears, it's something worth listening to if an offer came in. I wouldn't just take anything, but if the right offer came in, then you have to think about it. I'm gonna give my opinion on this because. When I saw this come out, I, I didn't know what to expect. And honestly, Tony, I agree with your analysis at the end there where I was shocked but because everybody knows that by now that look, all of us have pretty much access to the to the Twitter account, but I kind of man it most of the time. So I see all the, the responses to all the articles and all that. So I'm the one that got to see all the different responses. And honestly, I was pretty shocked at how even it is. There is a lot, like you would have some people absolutely fully against trading them and will be basically saying, why do people keep bringing up trading bears, players and things like that? And then there's other people out there being like, running backs are a dime a dozen, you can get them anywhere. If you can get anything good for Montgomery, you trade them. Now, I settle in the middle on the trade talk. Where, okay, if somebody's going to offer you like a third round pick or something, then you can't really say no because you already get that for a running back. But I'm not of the opinion that the Bears need to trade Devin Montgomery because I don't think you get anything that's going to be better or of value to what he can offer you this year. But in saying that, I don't pay running backs. So this would be David Montgomery's last year. For me, unless it was a very reasonable deal, which honestly David Montgomery should not accept. Because if he has production out there, he needs to go get paid. Because there will be a team, we see it every single year, that can pay a running back. And at the end of the day, I'm not a I'm not one to go paying them because you need to rebuild this roster properly. This roster doesn't have enough bloopers. And yeah, while David Montgomery you would say is one, the running back position is just not that were or I guess it's it's just not valued as much anymore. You see what what's going on with Zigelia. He got paid all that money and now suddenly Dallas are letting all these guys go because they have to because they paid him too much money. We saw what happened with Tariq Cohen. We paid him the money and then literally the next game he tears his ACL and can't play again for the Bears. So the problem I have with running backs is that it's the position that other than quarterback obviously that get the ball the most and unfortunately, it's a position that has the most amount of injuries where 
you do see a bit of a drop off once that does start to happen. So at the end of the day, I think on both sides, I think Dave Montgomery needs to go get his money. If it's not from the Bears, he needs to go get it. He shouldn't accept a, a deal just because he wants to be in Chicago. He needs to go get as much as he can because, unfortunately, running backs don't tend to not get two deals. They get one. Once they get that big free agent deal after their rookie contract, that tends to be the last big deal that they're going to be able to sign. So that's where I'm at at the moment. I hope he has a phenomenal season. I hope that he gets as much as he possibly can because, again, if that happens, the Bears get in for a possible comp pick if they don't have to spend too much money next year. But I can see a scenario where David Montgomery could be back because I, I mentioned it to you guys in the chat. Now, I guess Anthony or now you can kind of come in after this. But the Bears don't – look, Robert Quinn is probably gone at the end of this of this coming season. The only player really that you have to extend is Roquan Smith. You're going to have 140 to 150 million in cap space with the projected cap right now. The Bears may pay him, it might be a shorter term deal, like a three year deal until Justin Fields is off his uh, rookie contract. You don't really have anybody else that you have to pay. So Montgomery may end up getting an extension because, well, the Bears are going to have the money and they might just not want to lose him. So they may pay him maybe more per season but on a shorter term deal, like a three-year deal, I could see that happening. If it's me, I'd probably prefer to let Montgomery just test the market, but that's where I am. I don't think there's much value in trading him this year unless you're offered something lunatic, like if it's an absolute lunatic deal it, yeah. during the draft or something, it could make sense, but I don't see it happening. So look, Anthony, no, do you guys want to come in on, on this conversation? I'll start. Look, Dave Montgomery is is a really, really good player, and I would assume really good in the dressing room. Not in the dressing room, so I don't know, but everything that says that he is is there, and that is important for what we're trying to build, and especially what what Paul is saying about the type of people he wants, etc. I get why fans jump up and down and go mad. Why are we trading our best players, etc., etc. I get that. And I wouldn't want to trade him this year, Karen, as well. I really wouldn't. I, I try and stay away from it. But if someone offers you a second or a third you're almost being negligent not to take that. Um, but I think I can see your call, your one as well because I think the Bears have a lot of money coming up um, at the end of this year, going into next year. And I can see a deal that will be offered to Dave Montgomery with that. And it will all depend on one thing, if Justin Fields is the man. If David Montgomery sees Justin Fields as the man and proves it again this year, he may look at he may be one of those kind of guys who takes that three-year deal and go, I want to win a ring. I want to I want to improve with this. I see a lot of progression in what I'm looking at. And I might take that that risk. Um I, I just I'm not as sold as you guys are about yourself, Tony and Karen, about oh running backs are dime a dozen, running backs are dime a dozen. We find one in in our in our back pocket. Uh Okay, I don't, I'm not well, really convinced you, on that. Well, you can, like, think about it, right? What yeah. was where was David Montgomery selected? The yeah, third he was in the third round. round. Right? Where do yeah, you like Lil like, Herbert? Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. What I'm saying is, is that we get rid of David. We that's this year and last year, right? We have no, we have no clue what the next two years of the draft is going to look on running backs. We've no, we've no clue in the next three years of the of the draft what running backs looks like, or what what players will be going out of that. So while I accept what you're saying that that we found running backs Khalil Herbert being one. But before that, 
really Montgomery came in and rookie year one, he was given the ball straight away because we didn't trust Howard. Um, so there wasn't four other running backs ahead of Montgomery in year one because we had so many. I, I That's the reason why I'd be looking to try and keep him next year if it goes that way. Do you remember, do you remember, really... do you remember when Jordan Howard was, was the be-all and end-all as well, though? And then that went tits up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I just think that these guys eventually just go south. One thing I, I just want to come in just very quickly, just because you're talking about offering extensions, right now. So, I, what I did, I had a wee look, and I was talking to to Kieran about this earlier on today. Um, at the Kansas City Chiefs and how they've treated running backs over the last decade. Um, so we're looking at Ryan Poles. He's been there for the last decade. The likelihood is he's learned from the guys there, Brett Beach, etc., about what you do with certain positions. Now, outside of uh, Jamal Charles, there is no other running back being signed to a multi-year deal that wasn't a rookie, okay? They've got guys like um, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, um, they've had Spencer Ware, Chikandrick West, Le'Veon Bell. They've had loads and loads of running backs come through there on one-year deals because... And, and if you, even if you look at the, the running back situation just now, there's four running backs there, and the running back that's making the most money is making about four million a year or something. Um, so oh, can I can I go back in that? Did they sure. see running back as they, did they see running back as their main weapon going forward offensively? Kansas City Chiefs. Well, they drafted did, did the one Bears, in the first round. Did, did the Chicago Bears see that though? This is the point I'm trying to make. But, you're you're, but build, yeah, you're but, building it. You're you're changing the, the dynamic of the team. You're building in a different direction where you're not relying on. Um, running backs and defense all the time, you know, where the, the guy, the main man is now Justin Fields, and that's the dynamic that we're going for. They're doing the same with Pat Mahomes, you know, and th this is the point I'm trying to make. Like, even even when Jamal Charles was there, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at two situations, and you can say, okay, well, they paid, paid Jamal Charles, but mm. as, as I was saying, saying earlier on, is Jamal Charles and David Montgomery in the same league? No, not in my opinion, anyway. Uh, I, I, Charles is a much, much more dynamic running back, and I'm not taking anything away from David Montgomery because I think he's a great player. But Charles had that extra gear, extra level, um, and for me, I just don't think that that they're going to treat that the same way. I, I just, I don't see them saying, "Here you go, here's a, a f you know, what was it they gave Charles like a five-year deal or something like that? Even at that, it was only like thirty-two million dollars, so it wasn't even that much per year." I think Montgomery's going to look at what's available in the league and say, I want to get paid like the top guys. The top eight players in the league that are running backs get paid anywhere between uh, $12 million a year and $16 million a year. Um, you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott at the top there uh, and um, what's his face, McCaffrey. Um, now, it works out that per year, but the way the cap breaks down, you look at Elliot, he was $18 million this year. There's absolutely no way the Bears are going to say, I know bother, we'll give you somewhere around about that. It's just, it's just, regardless of how much money they've got next year, if they want to be building a roster properly, then they shouldn't be doing it by giving him 15, 16, 17 million dollars a year. At no stage did they say they should be giving him 15, 16, 18 million. No stage. But that's, that's what you that's what you want, and because you want well, to get that, paid for the rest and, of the game. And, that, and if that's the case, he goes. That's cool. That that's his call. But my point is, is it's I just, in my opinion, I don't believe it's as easy to just go. Let's pick another running back from here and do our job. Especially if you look at our offensive coordinator, who up in the Packers had that dickhead and still wanted to run the football. 
He had two. He, he wanted to use a, a run game style with him, with him Green Bay. A lot of and they have two. Game. Yeah, but the point is, and they, had they two. have two. Yeah, and they're they were both drafted. And look, at the end of the day, most teams, unless you have a freakish athlete like someone like Derrick Henry, like you let these guys go because at the end of the day, there's at a certain point that they start breaking down a little bit and you bring somebody in. It's the same thing that happened with Jordan Howard, right? He was this fan favorite for years and the Bears saw at one point in time because of his play style that he was going to start falling off, which they actually did judge right because he made, what, maybe a year or two with the Philadelphia Eagles and then they replaced him. And they brought in the guy like Miles Sanders the same year that the Bears were looking for a running back. They brought in David Montgomery, right? They then bring in Khalil Herbert. If let's say if Montgomery wasn't here, would you have been happy with Khalil Herbert being your starting running back last year? I think he was pretty productive when he was there. He may not, he's not the same style of player, but the thing is, you can find these guys. Like just look at the guys that are still available that are out in free agents. You can wait and get guys that are gonna be productive for you. You don't have to have this amazing running game to be successful in the NFL. Like, look at it. Who would we say is, like, one of the most dynamic running backs in the NFL? Christian McCaffrey, right? What have the Panthers done in recent years? If, they don't, if you don't have the quarterback and you don't have the offensive line, it doesn't matter. You could have the best running, running back in the game and you're still not going to win football games. So that's what I'm saying. I'm like, at the end of the day, and this is where I think Tony's coming from, and I think it's, it's, it's a fair enough analysis that everything needs to be geared towards Justin Fields. And if you end up having to pay a guy like David Montgomery above $10 million a year, you're then halting yourself to maybe being able to bring in, let's say, another weapon or another guy that's going to protect Justin Fields. And I, I, I have a completely different mindset to you, And I have the point of if you can build a really, really good offensive line, anybody can pretty much play running back as long as they are have the a- adequate athleticism to play the position at the NFL level. That's how that's how I see it. Now, there's many other people that don't that don't see it that way. They think that a guy like David Montgomery is a difference maker and that he's not somebody that you let go. But I'm just of the opinion that of most positions in the NFL, the lifespan for a running back is so much shorter than any other position. And that's a big, big issue. Like, we all love Tariq Cohn, right? Maybe we're like, the deal was fine. It's not a big deal. The problem that I have is he gets injured one game after he after he signs that deal, and it's, but, and but it's not, wasted then. But not as a running back. He got injured on a special teams play. He didn't get injured on a running back play. It was from a kick return. So the only the only thing I'm saying is that I, the, the three column want to make sense. And again, I'm not sitting here saying we should give Montgomery 50, 52 million over three years or nothing. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is that there's just getting rid of somebody. It isn't just about getting somebody in that, that will be able to replace them because it's also about what do we want in our locker room. And we've seen that in Chicago the last three or four years. There's a t- toxicity around our locker room. And this mm-hmm. guy doesn't seem to have that. He seems to have the exact opposite. And the scene is a leader. When everyone talked about the Jermaine Fetty thing where – when Fetty was pulling away Jenkins, it was it was Montgomery that was given out to Fetty. It was Montgomery that was getting in there. And look, I get to, Tony's article was brilliant, and I definitely say to anyone to read it. I 
don't necessarily fully agree with it, but I agree with the, the premise of what he was saying in the sense of if somebody offers a second round pick, you jump all over because you want to get mm. other weapons around the field. And if someone said to me that it was between Dave Montgomery or a wide receiver or Dave Montgomery and a left tackle, I'm going with the left tackle or the wide receiver. I get all that. I just think it shouldn't be as easy as just saying, look, just dump him out the way and we'll find someone in the UDFAs and we'll just throw him in there. I personally don't agree with that. I think there's more to it than just about the play. There's more to it than just about the player. It's about the actual overall locker room and the impression you're giving because if Montgomery works his ass off and the rest of the locker room are going, oh my God, Monty is the man and we just go, look, bye-bye, bye-bye, look, bring in somebody else. The locker room are going to go, what is this? What, what kind of what culture? I'm going to say the word that those idiots last year used to be saying. I just, I just don't think it's as easy as that and as obvious as that. Um, well, and that's because I'm wearing his jersey, not just because of that. That's but is, isn't that just the way the NFL is going, though, in terms of running backs now? They, they've become essentially disposable in a way. Yep. They come in, they run them, they run them, they run them. <laughs> and then, which is not the kind of way they get to get so used, they, they, they get injured, they, they carry knocks. And then it gets to the point then when you get to the end of a contract. And, and this is the big thing with Montgomery. It's the size of that contract. I love Montgomery. I Personally, I wouldn't be actively shopping him. But then, as the guys say, if the right offer comes in, absolutely. But, I mean, it all then comes down to that contract next year. If we could get him in, in a favourable contract, that would be great. But as Kieran says, why would he? He'll get that to, to that point in his career where he, he's not stupid. He knows what way it goes for running backs. He knows how they get treated after a certain point. And he's going to look to make sure he financially secures himself next year in whatever contract he gets. So that that's the big thing. And we have to look at it as well. This is a new regime, new ideas. They're, as we've said a million times over the last few weeks, they're not looking at next year or the year after. Poles is, is, is working as if he's looking five years, ten years down the road. And you just have to question, you know, where Montgomery sits in that after a year or so. Is, is it really... Yeah, look, it's just a contract next year. Because at the end of the day, we've seen them all as far back as you know, Sean Alexander getting a big contract with the Seahawks. You know, he got that big contract and the following year he was gone. That Ezekiel Elliott, that is how quickly they go over that cliff. So as much as we love the player, and I, I absolutely get what Ant is saying, he could be an absolute special person in that dressing room. And that is important. But at the end of the day, they need to get players on the field that fits their system, that, you know, that can, can contribute and the question is, if you pay him that big money, where do you leave yourself in two or three years if he follows that trend of running backs that kind of hit that wall? So it's it's a fascinating con con conversation to have. I thought Tony's article was brilliant. I think I don't think there's a wrong answer to it. I can see both sides, and I, I probably flitter back and forth myself. But it, it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had, and it's you know it's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I can, yeah, I, I can actually I can actually understand Ant's point, you know, because. He's just lost Mac, who he's got a jersey of. He doesn't want to lose Montgomery, <laughs> who he's got another jersey of. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're Wait running out of jerseys here, man. Yeah, let's get drafted, and I'm in deep, deep shit. No, I, I, one, one, one last thing. What everyone says, I, I know someone put up. I want to give him a seven-year contract. I don't, but I get the, I get the humor behind it. I, I think there's a, there's a definite conversation. And to answer no point, if he, if he's not good in two years' time, sure, go by Kieran and Tony. Should we just? Pick someone out of the sky and it'll be grand. But no, in all seriousness, it's 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 an interesting conversation. It's I just think there's a there's a and there might be an emotional part of me looking at it because he's probably the only offensive part of the game in the last two years that I enjoyed. Uh, and as Matt said, yes, I'll always have a dance jersey. I have to get a dance jersey actually, or to find a dance jersey from somewhere. Um, 
I, I want to keep skate. Yeah, once he comes on the show and I'm, everyone get one. But no, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting. But if the, if you're asking the same question, then Tony should write an article about Roquan. Um, and see if that's a that see if see if there's a conversation around Rob on or that, that's that that's a no no brainer resign though like uh, you resign him oh no now. no I know <laughs> but like there's a there's there's a conversation that if someone turned around to you and offered you a first like there's there's different there's all I think what the point of the, the conversation is there's a value to pretty much everybody in in Chicago outside of Justin Fields um and I. I I'd be interested to see what that overall value would be, and even on someone like Rogan. I, I agree to be with honest as, as well. It, I mean, it's all down to the new regime and what way they see. We know Matt Uberflus has mentioned running backs, and they need a different kind of running back. So, does I know somebody mentioned it in the comments earlier? Does does Montgomery have the pace they want because he is effective a back? He is. He is a very good back. He doesn't have that breakaway pace when he gets through that hole. He he doesn't have that force to, to get away. Is that something that? They aren't happy with that. They maybe want to change. There's just a lot of layers to it and a lot of different questions. But it's fair point. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's as I say, I could I could flip flop back from both sides because as a player, I love him. As a person, I mean, I love him as well. And I got the jersey. But I mean, you know, when you're planning for the future, like the Bears are, it's you know, tough decisions need to be made at times if the offer comes in from. And that and that's the thing. It's it's hard to really gauge this because you don't know what the new coaching staff are going to think, right? We're all projecting this sort of stuff. We're projecting who they may bring in, but like at the end of the day, they may want to bring in somebody else. They may see Montgomery as he's good, but he, if he doesn't have the breakaway speed, maybe he doesn't have the same amount of, I guess, upside as what they want in this offense. Cause a lot of it's going to come with what does Lugetti want in, in his running back? What fits with, Justin feels the most and when you look at some of the teams that even Ryan Poles that's had with Kansas City they've all been kind of I guess slider running backs like you look at Charles Edwards Hilaire like it's being able to have a running back that can also get involved in the passing game and while Montgomery does that to a certain extent you wouldn't say he's he's that style of running back either he he's a hard-nosed guy that has a little bit more I guess electricity then when you compare him to like Jordan Howard, who was that kind of bruiser. But at the end of the day, it's it's a hard conversation to have, but it's an important one to see well what do Bears fans want this team to look like in a couple of years' time? Because unfortunately, like we're in the middle of a rebuild. Now you have you have block one and block two done where you don't have to go and try and get out a quarterback because you've done that already. So that's usually the hardest part of a rebuild is that you have to try and select a quarterback. We're hoping that Justin Fields is the right one. So like at the end of the day, I think right now we're just at a point in time where we're just going to have to wait and see what this season is going to come. We're going to have to look at kind of some of the developing pieces, the young guys that are going to come in, whether that be draft picks, whether that be UDFAs, all this sort of stuff. It's going to take a little bit of time. But look, it is it is one of those that, it's an interesting time as a Bears fan, not really knowing what to expect with the draft starting in three weeks from today. So I guess with that in mind, I think it is an important conversation to talk about in terms of what actually could happen with the draft. And like I said, I want to stick on the offensive side of the ball first. 
I want to I want to talk about that second round, whether it be second, third round, kind of that first day that the Bears are going to be drafting. It's going to be a long wait for Bears fans. Thirty eight picks before the Bears get the draft, you have to wait a whole day of all the kind of pageantry in that first day where you watch people go down the red carpet and or the gold carpet. I think it is now what they do. They go through asking about what their suit where their suits are from what type of shoes that they have on it, it it's crazy that first day but knowing that the bears are not going to be involved in it so look i guess before we go into individual positions we've done a, a lot of research on on guys and my first question is going to be before we kind of go into the individuals what do you think the bears biggest need is coming into this this draft i don't think anybody else is of major notes going to get signed prior to the draft. I think all that will happen afterwards. So with the way this Bears roster is currently constructed, what is the biggest need going into the draft? See, and this is a question as well, because again, this all depends on what the, the new regime think of the players they have there. Again, we, we don't know behind the scenes. For example, I would say offensive line, but I don't know. Maybe they see Borum and Jenkins as the future tackles, and then it's not so bad then because you have your tackles, you know, you have your new center and you have, well, Cody Whitehair at least on guard. So then you're only looking for one guard. Whereas if they don't see Barham and Jenkins as those tackles, well, then suddenly are we looking for one tackle? Are we looking for two tackles? Do you know that kind of way? This, this again is fascinating in, in what the guys coming in and see in the players that they have there in front of them. For me, just from the outside, I think we still need to get bodies onto that O-line. It's still, there's still two young guys potentially at tackles. I think we still need more players in there. And then probably quickly followed by wide receiver because we are very, very thin now at the wide receiver level. So for me, I think you guys know anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm just all for this being a heavily offensive-minded draft because it then all comes back to the quarterback because it is such an important year now. I mean, it's coming into a second year. And we need to give him that chance to continue developing. So it's it's all kind of so important. We put the right pieces around him. So for me, I'm going out offensive tackle, not tackle, but the O-line in general. And then I'm going wide receiver. And that's just from the outside looking in. I was watching uh, Olin Cruz speaking earlier on, and he was mentioning, well, people, people were saying, you know, the Bears must take a wide receiver. They must do this. And he, he said, he brought up an interesting point. It's like, but must they do all these things? Because if you look at the Ryan Poles, you know, you look at the GM setup in general, you know, they're offensive line guys. And the more he's talking about it, the more I thought, you know what, like, I think I could I could see pick 39 being a tackle. Um, and, and maybe 48 would be a receiver. But even at that, there's no guarantee. I, and it was no mentioned earlier on, you know, you're not, we're not building it for this year. We're building it for the long term. They might be happy to go, you know, what we'll do, we'll stock the first two, uh, second, second round picks, we'll get a tackle, we'll get a guard, we'll get our O-line sorted this year, we'll protect Justin Fields, and we'll go with the wide receivers we've got. We'll maybe even pick up some wide receivers in the, the fifth round or the sixth round and, and <laughs> see what we can do. And then moving into next year, Maybe we'll pick up some some kind of bigger name guys coming out the first round, second round, whatever. Um, obviously, have a lot more money to play with next year as well. So, to me, before, before today, 
Abba's all about, yeah, it's 100% going to be a wide receiver at 39, and probably a tackle or a guard at 48. Now I'm thinking, I think they'll go tackle at 39, and I think they'll go corner, maybe, at 48. Because I think just cor- on that, Tony, corners Tony, needed. Yeah, I think you're right there as well, Tony, just because there's going to be less options in terms of tackles and guards than there are wide receivers and as you say maybe you know it is a good wide receiver class so maybe you find that wide receiver you know later on in the rounds whereas if there are one or two players there that you think are of the standards you want that fit your system who are offensive line players then you know maybe it is worth just taking them and solidifying that line and giving Justin Fields the chance to stay upright and then working on the you know later on in the draft on those wide receivers so I, I think you you know, you probably could be right there. I also think as well, it's interesting, you mentioned uh, Borum and Jenkins. I think it's also important, what do they see Mooney as? So what do they see, what do they see Darnell Mooney as? Do they see Darnell yeah. Mooney, do they see Darnell Mooney as their, and I, I know people hate saying wide receiver one, but do they see that, that, that Mooney is someone that they could work on? If that's the case, it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they don't even pick anyone at, at 39, they use that draft pick to go down and, and get more draft picks later on because they see it that way. I, I, I agree. My first instinct is that you look at Cunningham and, and you look at Poles and they're both offensive linemen. And I think we're going offensive linemen unless they see Jenkins and Borum as the as the as the real deal. Now the fact that Jenkins fell into the second round and didn't go to Kansas and there wasn't conversation about Kansas around Jenkins would be interesting to see. But it was I, I don't know if there was any uh kind of interest in Kansas with Jenkins last year, but that'd be interesting to look at. But I think that's the real question. And, and Kira made a very good point earlier on. We don't know. This is a new regime. We've no idea what they're thinking. And they may they may look and go, look, we want to get our defense right first and go from there. I, we don't know. I just have a f- sneaky feeling we may go back in the draft and use 39 as a way of getting, getting picks later on in the round because I think there is some some diamonds, especially at wide receiver. And I think I think we're a little bit on UDFAs. I think we'll see a lot of, obviously, UDFAs, not just filling the roster, but I think there's some really good players there. And if you look at some of the big-name wide receivers, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Hill was was in the third or fourth, was he? I could be wrong. I think Devontae mm-hmm. Adams was also a third and fourth. I, again, I could be wrong on both of them. But So, therefore, these guys are going to trust their ability to, to get a good pick. And I said it a couple of weeks back that, that one thing about Pauls is what he's doing. I like the strategies, what he's doing, but he's putting a lot of pressure on his own evaluation, the evaluation of the scouts. He really is. He's putting a lot of a lot of push onto that. And I, I hope he's right. I think it's a, a great it's a way you build a roster properly. Um if we were if we're definitely taking a 39, I'm with Tony. I think we go maybe we go alignment and, and then we, we find uh, a wide receiver after that or, or even just Another another guard, maybe Joe, just something that solidifies around Justin Fields. If we see them doing that, then they are one hundred percent confident in Justin Fields' ability. If they're just trying to fill the O line in front of them, they're confident that Justin can find a Pringle or a or a um, Mooney. That they're confident that that wide receiver room is is okay to get them by in year one. Yeah, I I do I agree with what you're saying there. And one of the things, what I said earlier on, that we don't really know. I guess Ryan Poles or Eberflus want. I guess the one thing we do know is they want another offensive lineman. They went after Ryan Bates. They didn't get him. They haven't really been going around someone else. That makes me think that maybe they're comfortable with waiting for the draft. I always thought that if the Bears stay at 39, I think they do take an offensive lineman. I think no matter what, that if they still have two picks in the second round, that 
an offensive lineman will be coming in. I don't know where. The one thing that you said, Anthony, that I think is a very, very good possibility is if you're trading one of the second-round picks, you're most likely trading 39 because it's high up, and that's kind of the area that teams trade with. If you're able to trade back, still pick up your the second-round pick of another team and pick up an extra third-rounder, I'm fine with taking two offensive linemen in round two. Like For me, protect Justin Fields. <clears throat> you can get wide receivers throughout this draft. Okay, like, like you could end up being a 39. And if your top two or three wide receivers are, are gone, I don't want them reaching for another guy, even if they're going to be productive and they'll be a good player. Like, I would rather wait a little bit. Like, if it's the Bears that can go and get an offensive lineman in round your first pick in round two, if you want to go another offensive lineman or a corner in round two and then suddenly come back at the start of round three and take someone like Alec Pierce, even, that a lot of people are talking about, you're getting someone there that still has a really good ability. There's a lot of guys at the wide receiver position at the end of the day, like the Darnell Mooney was a fifth rounder and he's turned into a player that people, even the fact that people are having a conversation to of him being compared to some of the better wide receivers in the NFL, that, that tells you what you can do in terms of finding it. But also you have to remember teams are looking at the prices of wide receivers and they realize how important that they are. I don't think the Bears go out of round two or round three in this draft without at least one wide receiver. So that's why I think the most obvious way is if they keep the two picks in round two, it's probably O-line and wide receiver or wide receiver O-line. But you never know. They could trust their ability to scout, and maybe they like a guy that's not projected to go that high. And maybe he's projected to go in the fourth or the fifth round, and they're like, okay, Let's trade back and get a fourth-round pick somewhere and pick somebody in that area. We we don't know what their assessment is. The one thing that you have to remember is a lot of these scouts are not the same scouts that are going to be here next year. So there will be changeover. So a lot of this will come down to the main guys within that, like the head of scouting, Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, some of the, I guess, the district scouts in different areas that they really trust because a lot of these smaller scouts – ultimately get changed when a new regime comes in but it doesn't happen until year two so it's going to be interesting to see what they do but the one thing i would say is no matter who they pick in on o-line i would trust kind of the opinion of the gm and the assistant gm because both were both are offensive linemen they targeted a guy that nobody was talking about and suddenly people are looking up about and they're like oh this guy's really good so if they're able to see who they target there and people were pretty much on board if they're able to get a guy like Ryan Bates. I feel fine with whoever they do target in the draft because they know what they're looking for. And if they're looking for a guard, maybe they don't need to go get one in, in round two. So it, it's it's definitely going to be interesting as we kind of weigh it up because I think that's pretty much the conversation here. What's the biggest need for the offense even? Let's just forget about the defense for now. Is the bigger need getting a top-tier wide receiver or getting a top-tier offensive lineman? That's I think that's the biggest question that Bears fans are having with themselves right now. Yeah, and there's two things that not 
underestimate either. It's firstly, is the depth of the wide receivers in this class anyway. Picking up a guy in the fourth, fifth, whatever round doesn't mean that you're necessarily getting a bad player or a player who's not going to contribute. And the second thing is not to underestimate is the coaching and their ability to bring a guy along. We've seen what Flus did with that defense in um, Indy. You know, a lot of average guys in there that got, you know, playing really, really well. Um, if you allow me for a second to give you a metaphor, you know how I like metaphors. I haven't done one on the show for a while, but you know, if you if you think about if you think about the guys in the first round, and maybe to an extent in the second round as well, um, they're ready made. Okay, so you're going out to buy some new furniture for your house. These guys are solid wood furniture that's already built by someone and is ready to go. Right, the guys that you're picking up in the fourth and fifth round are the IKEA furniture that you need to put together yourself. All the bits are there. Okay, all, all all the tools are there. It's just a case of molding that guy and getting him to do the same thing. And you know, we've talked about the guys that have went in the third and fourth round that are now, you know, multi-millionaire wide receivers because they've got big massive contracts this year. You know, that's the kind of thing that you're looking to do. And that's the challenge that these coaches and these GMs love is trying to find guys in the draft um further down that they know they can bring on, they can mold, they can build. Um, to be great tables um, and uh, sorry, wide receivers. So uh, <laughs> uh, that was a deliberate mistake. Um, so yeah, but you get my point. Like the, 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 there is, there's nothing wrong with picking guys up later on in the draft. Um, you're still getting good, great athletes, really good football players. And how many great football players have we seen over the years not get picked anywhere near the first two, three rounds? You know. They have now went on to be Hall of Famers, you know. So it's all about finding the right position, getting the right evaluation, and more importantly, the right coaching in place. So um, we'll see what happens. But I think I think tackle seems to be the most likely first pick overall. I think. Yeah, there's a bunch of people listening to us over on Twitter, so make sure you come over onto YouTube, get your comments in, because like you said, we're going to be talking about some of the prospects. We're going to be on for another twenty minutes or so, so just make sure you get your comments in. So look, it's. It is an interesting one. Look, Anthony, I want to—I do want to kind of go into that question that I, I kind of brought up just a minute ago. What is more important? Let's just let's fixate on the second round for now because they're the—I guess they're the players that need to be starters for the Bears this year. So, is it more important that the Bears land a starting caliber wide receiver that you compare with Darnell Mooney that gives that that gives Justin Fields that other option? Because look, right now we're we're seeing a bunch of different style of wide receivers that have come in, none that are really going to be able to kind of take the top off a of defense or be that kind of go-to guy since Allen Robinson is gone. So do you think that's more important? Or do you think solidifying that offensive line, whether let's say they believe that Tevin Jenkins is a right tackle, for example, or they believe that they badly need a, a guard and they see a guy, but let's say the evaluation is the exact same for it doesn't matter. Let's say Christian Watson or George Pickens and Kenyon Green are both there, which are all in kind of the same range, same sorts of grades. And the only difference is, do you want to go offensive line or do you want to go wide receiver? Which one do you think that the Bears should be targeting if they do have similar grades? I think offensive line. 
um, personally. I think that's just the instinct because we've seen so many bad offensive lines in Chicago recently. I, I just want to have that solidity-wise because I genuinely believe that Justin Fields will make a wide receiver look great. Uh, that's that's my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Just Therefore, wide receivers get themselves into open positions, get separation, get good coaching, as Tony rightly said. If that happens, then Justin should will find it, in my opinion. So I want to give him a couple of, a couple of seconds to do that, um, and I, I would I would go I would go look at someone that's a solid left tackle. If I'm honest, I think move move Tevin Jenkins and Larry Bourne have them have a fight out for right tackle and, and see what there is. Or I wouldn't be against a solid guard going going into that. I actually think Green Texas A and M is, is a good shout. If he was still on the board at, at 39, I think that would be the, the one. He's also a captain at that. At, at Texas A&M he's, he's very much a and by the way a captain not in the other bald Ryan captain where or Matt captain where anyone can be captain but a real captain and I think we need to get those leaders in, into the team um, I think a lot of it will come down as well if it's that close to the kind of personalities they are um, and what they bring to the team and, and what kind of hard noseness to it uh, but if it was just a straight up call between O-line and, and wide receiver personally I'd go 39 I'd go I'd go O-line yeah, absolutely. I, I guess now, same sort of question to you. Like, there's a couple of people that I've seen in recent days people talking about, and this is where I don't really get it as much. I know a lot of people like these guys, but Linderbaum is one that I know has always been. I guess he's he was always mocked to the Eagles because they had those three picks. They needed a center to come in. And then another one that people are big fans of, and I am too, Zion Johnson. Is is one look? Let's just say that it's George Pickens, it's a Traylon Burks, it's a Jahan Dotson that's there at, at 39. The Bears don't have any offers to be trading down at that point. Let's say there was ones that were done prior to that pick already. And then you have some of those guards or maybe a tackle. I know the kid from Tulsa as well. A lot of people are talking about how he's an kind of angry offensive lineman. Which one would you be happier for the Bears to draft? They're, they're both there available. You have the pick of maybe your favorite offensive lineman that's available and your favorite wide receiver. Would you prefer to see the Bears go wide receiver and kind of follow the trend of what's happening this offseason where all these guys are getting massive deals and maybe you're able to link up Justin Fields with a wide receiver that he can build with along with Darnell Mooney, or do you think it's just it's it's just too important to protect them? We saw what happened last year, and that's what the Bears need to focus on. Look for me, there's no point in getting that wide receiver if Justin Fields is on his arse behind the line. You know what what's what's the point? As the guy said, I mean, when it comes to wide receivers, Justin Fields hopefully can make his wide receivers better. Uh, Getsy's scheme may hopefully get wide receivers free to give them the chance to, to get that ball, but it's all for nothing if the line is crumbling and Justin Fields is either scrambling or on his back. So it, it starts up front. For me, if you're if you're if you have wide receivers there you like and you have O line men there that you like, I go for the O line because otherwise, what what's the point in having that Ferrari out there if there's no one to drive it? Because Justin Fields is just he's gone running that way or that way or. No, it's 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 O line, and you build from there. Then, and hopefully, as we said, Fields can make that wide receiver 10, 15, 20 percent better if he is the quarterback. We hope he is, but I think we need to give him the chance to be that quarterback. 
and to not have to run and to give him the chance to play his game and and not to not to be ad-libbing because he's no choice because he, he just has no time to actually do what he needs to do. So yeah, that's me waffling on, but O-line is the, the answer at the end of it. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. Those those would be interesting guys though that you were talking about being available. Because if Traylon Burks is there, I, I love Traylon Burks, right? Mm-hmm. And I just don't see him falling out of the first round. But there's been all sorts of chat in the last couple of days about he might fall out of the first round. So if he's 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 a genuine first round wide receiver, like you know, obviously we talked about Jahan Dotson and George Pickens and guys like that who are, 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 are great, you know. But at the same time, I'm just like if if Traylon Burks is there, I'd take him. But if it wasn't him, I'd go I'd go with the tackle or the guard, um, depending on whether it was a tackle or the guard that was available. Um, again, it's uh, it, I like Kenyon Green. I think he's a guy who probably won't fall out the first round. Uh, but if he did, I would be all over him. Like that that is that is the way to go. Um, but if I, but then if you're presented with the prop, if you're presented with Kenyon Green or Traylon Burks. You're just like, oh, you know, like, but I get those point. Like, you need to have that protection in place. So maybe it's worth sacrificing Traylon Burks to get your kind of solid line set up for the season. And I think, I think, as I mentioned earlier on, that's probably what Pose wants to do. He wants to build a bit of it this year, build a bit of it next year, and kind of keep keep going that way for a kind of long term goal. The one thing that I want to bring up, and Tony, you mentioned it when we talked, when we had the running back conversation earlier, is what did Kansas City do at wide receiver? Okay, they got lucky with Tyree Kill. He, look, he he was a fourth round pick because of the domestic violence stuff that happened at college. That's that's the reason why he was fired up. Other than that, they never really drafted a guy that high. I know they've. At some point when Pringle, they got Marcus Robinson later. They got um there's a couple of other guys that are kind of those, I guess, gadget wide receivers. They never really went that high. But you you saw last year that they did a lot to try and fix that offensive line when they saw what happened to Pat Mahomes. So it, it kind of goes with um one of the things that Jason has said here is that Poles is a trenches guy as well. So like Everything kind of leads up to that from happening. But look, one of the things that we're just talking about um, there is you mentioned with Traylon Burks that people are talking about he may fall. Uh, there's that as well. He's had meetings with teams that have multiple first-round picks as well. So I know he has – I think he visited the Lions, the Jets as well as one of them. But then again, you also have guys like George Pickens who – visited Green Bay, who visited Kansas City, who have picked towards the very end of um, of round one as well. So, like, there's a lot of options there to where some of these guys can go. And I think we expect all these guys to go where, I guess, the draft experts kind of say, but it's usually wrong. And you could see George Pickens and Christian Watson going round one and two of the guys we're expecting to go in round one go to round two. Like, that's just – that's the way it is. Like, it's it's going to be interesting. It sucks that the Bears don't have a first-round pick because where they are, where they would have been around set, like the seventh pick overall, Like if you were able to pair a guy like Garrett Wilson with Justin Fields, that would have been a very simple scenario, or you would have had the potential 
opportunity to actually draft a proper left tackle. But look, that's just a position that you're in. But what the reason why I wanted to say this is that we talk about guys like Trey Lambert that may fall. Now, the reason why those guys are falling is because originally when everybody was doing their mock drafts and everybody was doing their analysis, they had no quarterbacks really going in the first round. Now, when you look at any expert, there's three going in the first round. We're ha- there's all this hype over Desmond Ritter that a lot of these teams, I think he's had meetings with seven different teams recently. I think he's met with the Steelers. He's met with the Lions. There's one other team in there that I'm missing. I think the Saints as well would have been one of those teams. Malik Willis, there's people that have him going in the top five now, which I think is crazy. Like you've Kenny Pickett, who's always been that kind of stable guy that people thought would be in the first round or at least towards the end of it, a possibility to fall out with the first round. But if three quarterbacks get picked in round one, what does that actually say for, for, for the Bears? And the fact that there's guys there that probably aren't rated as first round picks, but because of the importance of that position, it may push down some very good prospects to where either there's a lot of them left at the top of round two, or there's going to be a lot of trades like we see normally at the top of round two. So I guess because we're going to be talking about the offensive position in, in the draft, I want to start at, at quarterback and tell you, I'll bring you in. Um, what's been your, I guess, opinion of, of this? It, we actually said it on our very first draft show that we're not talking about these quarterbacks, but you know what's going to happen. A week or two out from the draft, guys are going to get pushed up the draft board and they're going to get selected in round one. And that's what it looks like now. For so long, every single mock draft, we're seeing these quarterbacks go in round two. And now, you're, like I said before, you're seeing all three of them go in these first round mocks. I guess two questions here. One, are you surprised? And two, are you thanking your lucky stars that Justin Fields was drafted last year? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not surprised. It happens all the time. You know, every year, you know, these, these quarterbacks get pushed up. The difference is last year is the quarterbacks that did get taken um, are, you know, head and shoulders better than any of the quarterbacks that are coming out this year. Um, you know, if, if you looked at the, the, the top five quarterbacks that were taken last year, they would be the guys going, and then all the guys that are slated to take uh, first and second round spots this year would be third, fourth rounders, you know, because, you know, there's always like a third of the league who need a quarterback, really. Um, and uh, so it's inevitable that, that they're going to just try and hit on them because you have to just keep throwing darts and uh, or, or whatever until it sticks. So, but, I mean, if you look at the quarterbacks that are out this year, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of any of them. I think your top three are Pickett, Willis and, and Ritter. And even at that, arguably none of them are first-round talents. Um, there are 32 other players that are better than every single one of them. But the problem is, is the quarterbacks. And it's such a premium position. There's only 32 quarterbacks in the league, you know. Um, so you need to be you need to be kind of looking out for for, for guys. Even, and, and someone's talked about, someone's mentioned Mitch Trubisky in the, the, the comments there. Mitch Trubisky, even if the Pittsburgh Steelers take a quarterback, I think Mitch Trubisky will still be the starter. Because I think Mitch Trubisky is a better quarterback than any of these guys that are coming out. And that's saying something because Mitch has got a lot of issues. 
Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but just looking at the kind of guys that might be available for Pittsburgh when they go to pick, I don't, I don't think whoever they pick up is going to be is going to be someone who can necessarily beat Mitch out of uh, the starting job easily. You know, I think it'll be a proper camp battle um, if it comes down to that. So, so yeah, it's great though for us though because as you say, the more quarterbacks get taken, the better players get pushed down the field, uh, pushed down the the, the board. Um, they can land in our laps. Um, and when quarterbacks start getting taken earlier than others, it starts messing up everybody's board. You know, things happen that people aren't expecting. Trades happen on the night. People come up. I mean, I have no doubt there will be some sort of trade happens on draft night and someone will come up for a quarterback. You know, and you're talking about that pick 39 of ours uh, being um, a great position to trade back from um, because people are going to be saying top of the second round, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a wee punt on whoever's going to be dropping out, say it's, you know, Sam Howell or uh, Carson Strong or any of those guys. Maybe I'll take a punt at the top of the second round with these guys. Um, and that's where we could cash in by picking up some more picks. Um, so it's, it's, we're great because the fact is that we don't have to worry about quarterbacks. Um, but it's also great in the sense that uh, everybody else is worrying about quarterbacks because it means that better players are going to fall into our lap while these other teams are just making desperation moves to try and fill that and really, I, really important slot. And that as well. Isn't it great that if Justin Fields was in that draft, he'd be number one pick? There isn't even a question mark for me on that. Yeah. There would be teams trading up the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars to try and get him. 100%. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing. It's like you rarely hear of it. this type of draft happens once every like five or six years where literally there's no dominant like there's no dominant quarterback or there's a couple of really good left tackles but because there's a couple of them nobody's trading up to one or two to get one so like you really take your take your pick of some of these left tackles that are available out there this reminds me of the draft of i think eric fisher was the number one overall pick at left tackle like that's where i think you could end up seeing like Jacksonville just go. I know everybody's expecting like Hutchinson to go in as number one, but they may just go and try and bolster that offensive line a little bit more. Like it's it's one of those that it's great to have a quarterback and not have to worry about it or that you've selected your guy already because at the end of the day, you don't have to be one of these teams that look you don't really want to be trading up for one of these guys that's gonna be around one, but also the guys that are gonna be in like the second round, they're fine, but they're not going to be starters for two or three years at the very least. So, again, the more teams that need these guys, the better it is for the Bears. Maybe not even for that. The, you you mentioned it really well, Tony, actually, because let's say these three quarterbacks go in round one. And I mentioned it on our last show that we had. You get into the start of the second round, and one position always gets selected, and there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a drop off then. Even if it's not a 39, if you get it right before your second pick in that second round and two or three of those quarterbacks go, or even one more or two more quarterbacks go, what you're seeing then is guys that you didn't expect to be there at 48 be there. And that's where you can really kind of benefit from it. It's the same that happened last year, right? Quarterbacks, the five went, and then everyone's like, when's the next guy going? And then suddenly, the minute that I think it was Davis Mills got selected, or no, it wasn't Davis Mills. Um, 
because he got picked by the Houston Texans and they didn't want to go for him. Maybe it was the Vikings when they when they picked their guy. Um, but the minute that that sixth quarterback went last year, the very next pick after that was quarterback again. Because what happens is after that first round, once that next quarterback goes, teams start to brick it. And they're like, yeah. oh, we need, we can't not get somebody to bring in. And that's what the Bears really have to hope for. And that's why sometimes you have to be lucky where you are in the draft. Sometimes it can be, let's say, the pick before the Bears at 48 and a quarterback gets selected. Well, then you might have a team that wants to trade up. So these are some of the scenarios that you have to look at. But look, I think it's a it's a good position for the Bears to be in. Um, but yeah, like I think that's one of the that's one of those. What I was thinking is that because to talk about, I guess, some of these guys is it might be good to do like I guess a quick mock draft just to kind of see the players that might be available at that point in time and see the way it goes. And it'll be a good way to kind of talk about them and have a bit of fun anyway. So what we'll do is we'll we'll do that. I think I have it all set up here anyway. So I'll just share I'll share the screen. Hopefully it'll all work for me. And I love a mock draft. I feel like a yeah. GM. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's a good way just to see um what these guys are like um or what could possibly happen. Uh, okay, cool. It's it's all working there for me. Uh, so yeah, we we will do a quick mock just to have a bit of fun. Um, so I think I'll do what I normally do, Tony, and I'll let like most of the first round go until we get towards the end. It's weird now to see like Seattle not look there with all the trades because I don't think we've done one of these since all the trades happened. So no, that's a good point. Let's just let it go and see. Yeah, we're see we're definitely not trading up, so we can just let this slide yeah. all the way to thirty nine. <laughs> Pretty much. It'll be more of like a trade down, but again, like I'm just saying in this month, there's already two quarterbacks gone. Yeah. So it w- it'll be interesting to see if there's going to be a third, because yeah, there we go. There's three. Yeah. That that's that fits in really well with the conversation that we just had. Um, but oh my god, a lot of wide receivers are gone. So this isn't this is an interesting one because let's, I'll just recap it. Um, well, in this one, Detroit went for a quarterback number two overall. Uh, we have the other one. Obviously, this is definitely a possibility. Maybe Seattle go quarterback because after trading Russell Wilson, um, you then had one of the other teams that was interested in quarterbacks. So you have New Orleans. Maybe they made the first trade, get their wide receiver, and then go quarterback. But what was interesting, and this could happen just maybe with different players, is you have Jahan Dotson going here. You have Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, and Sky Moore all go after one after the other. This would be a very worrying scenario for the Bears, knowing that there's so many wide receivers that would have just went. So you're looking at, I know there's still one more picks technically in round two because I just paused it right beforehand, but it's it's going to be interesting to see what's available there. So let's see where the lines go. Safety, all right. Ah, there goes Ken. Ah, he went right. He went right beforehand. But look, in in this particular one, we actually there was no like phone call or anything. Usually there's louds. But anyway, what you have available here, really, a lot of it is defensive guys. But then, if you wanted to look at it, you have one of the guys we were talking about earlier, Tyler Smith, is one of the guys that 
I guess a lot of people have been talking about that kind of nasty offensive lineman. Um, some of the other guys, Christian Watson is still there. Uh, I think your your guy, where is he? George Pickens. I don't know why he's rated 59 on this site, but there is Roger McCreary. A lot of people have spoken about him as a potential cornerback option. Um, if you want, I can try and trade back with someone at this point in time. But look, it's up to you guys. Is there any that you would like to talk about in this particular one? Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing that keeps coming up for me, when we're talking about offensive tackle, right, or guard, okay, so what you want to look at is in this kind of range, is there anybody that you'd, you'd be comfortable picking up? And if there isn't, then what's going to be the drop-off? You know, so so you early you look, you get Petit Frere's way down at 75. I remember when we took him for our first second-round yeah. pick about a month and a half ago, so... Um, yeah, I mean, there's a guy you can maybe pick up later on, but, um, you know, Tyler Smith, he hasn't been taken yet, has he? He's still no, there? Yeah. He's still there. Yeah, I mean, for me, that seems like a like a good a good pick, because if you look at the, the gap between that, him and the other kind of guards, um, you, you know, you're a bit of a drop drop off there, but I don't know how you guys feel about that. But... No, no, I'm, I, I agree with Tony. <clears throat> I think Tyler Smith, I'm, I'm going there if, if he's still here. I mean, he's that kind of... You know, we want that kind of nasty player on the line now. That's what we've talked about. That's why you brought in, you know, center. He's that kind of nasty guy. So for me, yeah, I think if Tyler Smith is there. He's a badass. Be, he's, I, he's a kind of guy that, that, that pulls a link. Yeah. My my first thing I do is I'd be crying that Green was taking two spots before me. Well, I was watching him actually. Doing. Going, That's yeah. the one I would have been saying. Yeah. Um, and, and I get what you're saying about, about Tyler Smith, but my instinct looking at it, would be a, we, what would we get? What would we get in a trade, Karen? What would be? What would be? Well, where where would trade you be comfortable? Option? What would you be comfortable moving back to? That's the big. I guess well, that's the biggest question. Well, considering we're what we're forty eight, mm-hmm. um, next, so you'd be looking. You'd be looking potentially going just before. It would depend on what they get. You you would be looking for a maybe even I don't know. I think you'd have to draw back in at the fifties to get anything significant. Yeah, so I think like the one option that people have, I guess, have brought up just because of the link, maybe Kansas City. Kansas City. Uh, they got a, they got a bunch. So like, if you got let's say two or thirty nine, two fifty, and let's say you try for a third round pick, right? So they'd be willing to accept that. If you put in a fourth, that's not going to happen. So you're looking at probably moving back to fifty and then picking up another third rounder. Try a seventh round. Try a try a seventh round as well. See what he says on either of their two seventh rounds. Let me see. Three. They've got three seventh rounds. Yeah, they're they're very late, don't. Yeah. So, like at the end of the day, you could try it. Let's see what what they would say for that particular one. Okay, so that one works. So again, that's that's normal to where you move back. Uh, Now Seattle want to. Plus the trade back up again, but what I'm gonna do is oh they want a first round pick next year. Yeah, that's not happening. Sorry. <laughs> so let's see what way this falls. So again, so you can move up three spots and give away that seventh round pick for the Ravens or just stick a 48. Depends who is who's there. there. Is, your last, thing, yeah? is is um Ah, uh, the tackle. Is Smith still there? Uh, he would be, yeah. 
So then you're, you're moving back, you're still getting your same player and you've gained a third round yeah. out of it. Yeah, so I think at this point you probably accept it. It's only yeah. a seventh round yeah. pick. So if, if he's sitting there, yeah. He is. Then, oh, well, then your, your, your friend got picked right before. Ah, uh, for, for, he's a bit of the brown as well. I'm yeah, sorry, George. Bastard. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we'll we'll go we'll go Tyler Smith here because that's a, I think honestly I think at 39 that's probably the most likely scenario unless somebody falls. I think he fits what Pauls has always been going for. So what we'll do is we'll select him and see what happens. At we, gain, we gain we gain we gained the third round as well. Good job, Anthony. Well so, so you could trade back and get a fourth round pick. You'd be moving from 50 to 61. How do we feel about that? Not terrible. What right? What wide receivers are left? There's a bunch of them. Like Christian Watson is still available. Uh Matchy is available. Alec Pierce. I know Sky Moore went. Jalen Tolbert is still available. Uh I think that's pretty much it. Do we think do we think that who's who's asking the question? Uh, 49ers. Do 49ers. we think the 49ers, Eagles, Steelers? What, what do we go back to? If we go back to 60, 60, 61, 61. 61. Sorry. Why don't we try and trade back to 58 and pick before the Packers? Uh, maybe well, they want. well, they're actually picking a 53. Oh, I didn't even notice they're picking a 53 as well. Oh, God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it's more of do you think that moving back Short 11 round. spots is worth a fourth round pick? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's unrealistic. It's not unrealistic, but do you think? I think, that... I think you could maybe pick up, you can maybe pick up an extra, maybe like a sixth rounder as well, in addition to that, if you wanted to counter it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> All right um... Let 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 look. I think if we're not stalling, I think we just continue it. We take a a pick at number fifty overall, and we'll see who's available. Um, so there's still quite a number of, of players. There's Jaylen a running back. There's, there's a running back there, lads. If you want there's loud. Sorry, we'll get one in the seventh. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's actually there's actually not that many wide receivers. Um, like there's a like uh. You could deal with over with our third rounder. Yeah, I think you probably wait for the for the third round for Alec Pierce for that. Yeah. So at this you know point what? in time, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the Marvin Leal out there, mm-hmm. three tech or three technique of the future, because for all I, I like Justin Jones, um, he clearly wasn't Plan A, um, and I think Leal could be. Everything goes through the three technique in the in the Eberflus defense. It's the most important position on the field, on the defense, or do you go with the safety? I like Jalen Petrie. Or do you go linebacker? What do you guys think at this point in time? Or you can try and trade back. I can try and do it again. Because <coughs> when we were doing it originally, I guess you guys couldn't see what was would have been on the screen. I couldn't see it either. But it's just unfortunate the way it worked out that Jaquan Brisker, Roger McCreary, um, kind of went right beforehand. Roger McCreary would have been a nice kind of second pick in this particular spot like there's no like there's a couple of guys there that i like um personally i like Jalen peacher from baylor i'm not completely sold on demarvin leal if i'm being honest um i like 
not not so much like Chad Muma is an interesting option, but I feel like you can move back back and get some of these guys, and that's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't know exactly like look safety from Georgia you could go for. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different options, but I would not be opposed for a trade back at this point in time either. So it depends on what you guys think. There's a guy in the chat saying we should we should sort the big board by player rankings. Apparently, that's better. Fair enough. I think see where you got the prediction. Is that? You click there that one. There we go. Oh, big big Demarvin's right up there at number twenty nine <laughs> overall. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. It's interesting how it changes it up. It's quite a significant so, change, actually. It is a significant change. So, what do you guys think? Do you do you want me to select someone at this point? Do you want us to try and trade back? I'm all ears. How many picks do you actually have now? I can't remember. Well, we had what six to begin with. We have six to begin with, so we picked up an extra. So we've got up still be six. I just think we should be looking at offensive side of the football, and and and. On the draft, and if there isn't anyone there that stands out that way, then we should look at trading back. Cool. Anyway, I'm up for yeah. trading back then, if that's that's the consensus. Yeah. Well, to be All honest, right. I, I just know I, I'm with Anthony. I think this should be a very heavy offensive draft. So yeah. Okay. So how how far will we go back to the 49ers, or is there anywhere else? Yeah, if we can get if we can get that fourth back, yeah. Go back to the the 49ers and see if we can get a. What did they offer as a, a fourth? Did you say fourth? Yeah. Right. Let's do that. So we would want this. Um, yeah, not for... So yeah, you get a fourth. They're definitely not doing any of these six anyway. All right, let's just do that then. We'll move back, get pick up that fourth round pick, and again get more. Picks in the middle rounds as well, which I think is probably important. I just hope it doesn't skip us like it did before. Yeah, it did. Right. I don't know why this stupid be pick. So a pass rusher. I don't know why the, this machine does does that. It's very interesting though. The Marvin layout lasted until the third round. Yeah. I, 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 for me, he's a second. He's a second round pick. Okay. Anyway, we're here. In the we're so so you're at the third round, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a couple of things here. So in terms of the actual draft board here, Chad Muma is a very good player to look out for. Brian Asamoah is one guy that the Bears did have in for a visit yesterday, I believe it was. You have a bunch of wide receivers. So Khalil Shakir is one, I believe. Oh, I don't even know because Alec Pierce is there as well. Um, so there's a couple there that Jalen Tolbert's down there as well. One of the other things that Darian Kennard is an offensive lineman. One of the interesting offensive linemen that I see is Ed Ingram. And the reason I say this is... He fits similarly to what we saw in Ryan Bates, right? So when I was looking at Ryan Bates, one of the things that he does really well is that he's the one that's kind of shifted out. So he's kind of moving out to go and block someone instead of just being kind of man-to-man. 
he's the one that's pulled quite a lot. Ed Ingram did that really well at LSU. So if you're going for another kind of offensive lineman, I think he fits it what Ryan Poles and Eberflus may want in that. But like I, like I said, I'm going to leave it to you guys to talk about some of the other options that are there. If you want me to throw up some of the position groups, just let me know. What, what wide receivers are there? Because I think I'd probably be looking at wide receiver now here. So you've Calvin Austin the third, which is kind of that gadget, like electrifying player. Khalil Shakir, good player. Alec Pierce is one that Pierce, keeps I think he's a big guy, out. isn't he? Yeah. He's also a Chicago guy as well. I think he was think in the Northwest. What about you guys? Um, Tony, Anthony? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably look, Pierce, would he, when are we picking after this? What, what is our next... Do we do we get are we are we only in the fourth after that? Is it this is, this is the, the only third round pick? Uh, we don't have is, is, a, no, is it, oh, we picked up, we picked up a fourth. No, we we picked up an extra third rounder. Oh, did, did we not pick yeah. up a fourth there and we traded back with um the 49ers? We did, but I'm pretty sure we picked up a another third rounder. Yeah, look, number 94. Okay, oh, yeah. so 94. Do we think Alex Pierce will still be there at 94? Well, is he's rated number 92. So it'll be close. I like Alex. If that's Pierce. the case, if that's the case, and he's a big guy, if that's the case, I'd go with I'd go with Noel. I probably would look to take Pierce. I think I think I think it's a good value pick at this point in the draft to pick up Pierce. Um, even even if he is rated slightly further down than, than that, I think it makes sense to go with him. That's who I would yeah. go with. I agree. If it, if it was at this point in the draft and he was available, I would be hoping that the Bears would select. Alec Pierce because I think he has a lot of ability that kind of fits to what people look for when they actually are talking about George Pickens just at I guess a little bit of a different level like the one thing that you see when you watch Alec Pierce he saves Desmond Ritter quite a lot there's a lot of times when Ritter throws a ball that's definitely inaccurate but he's able to come down with it so he's definitely I think he would be a good pick here so we'll go with that one and um, gets our wide receiver and we probably would have went for an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, if uh, if they didn't want us to, uh, if they didn't want us to uh, go off and pick something else. So what they're offering here is pick number eighty, number their fourth round pick at one hundred eight. So we would move up in both round three and round four, and it would cost us a fifth round pick. Do we decline I, it or do we accept it? I would decline it. I think we need we need as many picks as we can get. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, agree. I, I, agree. I agree. So we'll see what's going to be available. I haven't seen a quarterback go there. There's another wide receiver go. You're starting to see a bunch of kind of offensive linemen go here. All right. So at this point in time, you have a couple. Of you have a bunch of tight ends, to be honest. A bunch of linebackers that are there. You've Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Again, a lot of linebackers here. Uh, you have a corner in Kobe Bryant. Josh Job, a corner in, from Alabama. Um, yeah, there's there's a big drop-off, really, in a lot of the skill positions. Um, so it's good that we went wide receiver before. So is there anybody in particular that you're that you guys are thinking of here? Um, sorry, was someone going to say something there? No, go on, Tony. 
I was going to say I like I like the idea of Jeremy Ruckert. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the idea of Kobe Bryant. Um, I think they're both round about the same kind of value. Um, I really like Kobe Bryant. I think he's a he's think he's a really a really good corner and defensive back is a need for us. We haven't addressed it yet. Arguably, we could probably get another tight end later on. Yeah. Um, or we might have we might have picked up someone in in free agency by this point. So, I like the idea of Kobe Bryant. Uh, I think he's he's a good player to pick up at this point in the draft. But that's just that's just my opinion. Um, I do like I do like Cole. Do you see Cole Strange is still there as well? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. See, he he's he's a good option as well. But then you need to think. Um, you know, we've obviously addressed the O line to a point. Would you rather have a kind of Another inside uh, lineman, or or a kind of outside corner. Uh, I mean, it just depends. What do you guys think? My instinct was like, I I really think we need to look at the tight end room as well, personally. But if we think we can get a, a, a tight end later on in, in one of our later picks, fine. I think my instinct was looking at corner as well. Um, and if there is a corner out there that that we can match, I think this is the right sort of pick especially when when are we picking next after that we're we're into early hundreds are we are we our pick is where is it 134 so we're 50 away 50 pick or was there 50 picks away or 40 picks away 40 picks away Forty yeah. So, so then you you look at will the tight end still be there at that stage? I think probably some of them will be. Uh, will the do, do you know? Be there? Do you know who's who's dropped down? The the draft board tremendously though as another guy that we spoke about before is Jalen Weidermeyer. I wouldn't is he still there or is he is he been taken? I I think he was taken. I'll just double check. I go into the tight ends. The one interesting one that Jelani Woods is still there. Yeah, that that so, for me so, I take him. So, so yeah, he's he's one that I like a lot. I was hoping that our next pick was going to be like early in the hundreds, but the fact that you're not picking until. 134 he's most likely going to be gone the only one that you could possibly say i know he visited the bears was a conquo from maryland um but i think jelani woods is a really really good prospect it's probably a bit of a reach but again doesn't really matter at this point in time if you want to just put weapons around justin fields yeah i mean i think at the point we're looking at just now we're deciding between jelani woods Cole Strange, Kobe Bryant. Was that it? Was it just those three guys? Yeah, it, yeah. I'm I'm kind of half and half either Kobe Bryant or Josh Job from Alabama. But yeah, I I, I still I kind of lean towards what Anthony and Noel said earlier on. I'm all for especially in this mock draft to go full on offense to build around Justin Fields. Let's get Jelani Woods in there. Yeah, I I think Jelani Woods because for me, I think we have a, a decent-ish defense, and you could possibly find a defensive back out in the market. I think there's still a few out there, like Xavier Rhodes or something like that. Yeah, and I think, but if you can get weapons in around Justin Fields, that's that's where I'd look at it anyway. All right, cool. So that's that's what we'll do with that one. So we'll get another weapon in for for Justin Fields, and then maybe you never know. At one hundred and thirty-four, might get another weapon in for Justin Fields, <laughs> and, and just stick with that kind of format. There's still a lot of tight ends that are available, but um, there, Kobe Bryant went one hundred and seven, and 
Josh Job one thirteen. So again, you wouldn't you won't be able to get any of them. Rucker goes one sixteen, just based on some of these guys that we were talking about before. Um, I like Ty Chandler running back. Here's here's your late pick at the running back position there, Anthony Ty Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Why, why do it in the draft? Wait till you well, the it. And he's the best player available, apparently, at the moment as well. Oh, Although I like Pierre Strong as well. I like Pierre Strong as well. I think, oh, there's what? Cam Jurgens. Oh, I don't know. I like <laughs> Cam Jurgens. <laughs> We're spoiled for choice here at the minute. <laughs> um, oh, Chase I, Lucas. You can go another time. <laughs> no, I think we leave that. Romeo Dubes is one. Chris Paul. Uh, let's go back up to the top. Like Ty Chandler is definitely an op- is definitely an option there. Jesse Lucetta from Penn State as a linebacker option. Tyquan Thornton is that kid that ran the like four two something. <laughs> um, Cam Jurgens is one that I kind of like because I I feel like he's just one of those like. He's one of those fun guys that you definitely want to have a drink with. <laughs> like, he's, got a, he's got a bit of an attitude. Like, yeah. I, think, I think that's that's what we need. But are we, are, we, are we assuming that Tyler Smith is going to be playing left tackle? tackle? Yeah. Right. Okay. That's what yeah. that's what I would assume. I would assume that he would be coming in to play tackle if you're going to be like he may he could start off at, at guard, but. Again, that would be my presumption. I think he's the body type to play tackle, but he, he could pretty much play any position along the offensive line, but I think he's probably suited better to, to tackle, even if he'll have a bit of a struggle early on in his career. Hmm. Is, uh, there's another one, Luke uh, Gudecki. I, I don't know if he's still there or not. He's an inside line, lineman, inside the offensive lineman as well, uh, who I really like. Um Nah, he's gone. Yeah, now he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the inside guys, Cam Jurgens is probably the best option, I think, at the minute. But could go running back if you want. Go on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go, Ty Chandler for a laugh. Come on. on. (laughs) We have replacement. I have now left. I have now left the the draft room in disgust. Of course you have. I was uh, you're, you're you're John Fox in the 2017. Right? I, I have a question. Do we want to take another running back? <laughs> well, Peter uh, Strong is very very good. To be should we we can get rid of uh, get rid of Herbert as well? So we don't need him either. Um. Right. Where are we? Romeo Dubes is an option. Uh, Chris Paul. We haven't picked up a corner yet. Chase Lucas. I like Chase Lucas. Yeah. Is there any other wide receivers of any note? Yes, there's a there's a bunch that are interested. So Danny Gray has been one that's been getting a lot of publicity over the last while. He's gone on a bunch of different visits. I think he was on a bit a visit to Buffalo recently. Um there's Justin Ross, who'd be kind of more of that, I guess, short to medium option, but also would be kind of like the wide receiver version of a bit of it, like a Jimmy Graham, where he'll most of his ability will come in in the red zone. Um, 
Romeo Dubes is one that a lot of people like. Um, seems to be one of those kind of high impact type players. There's, I wonder if there's there's Haskell oh, Garrett that they are good our good friend. Oh, he is. Yes. Uh, oh, he was an offensive tackle in it. Uh, I thought he was. A, I thought he was a, a guard. Uh, Tom, our friend Thomas Booker's there. Vallis Jones Jr. is one that I know that the Packers have met with recently. Bo Melton is another one that people uh, have. A, he has a lot of fans out there. Um, we have another pick in two. In two, so we're almost mm-hmm. doubling up. Yeah, um, very much take whoever we want at this point. Haskell Garrett's there. I, I, I would look wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, just purely to to double up on wide receiver and 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 if there was another big guy, um, that would be the sort of because we're then covering ourselves in case we got it wrong earlier on. Unfortunately, the like this website doesn't have one of my favorite wide receivers uh, on their system, so. That's that's too bad, but is that's it, okay. Is it, is, it, is it smoke? No, it's not smoke. He's not a wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver. Smoke one day later on in the year. Don't worry. Is he not a wide receiver? I thought he's a wide receiver. Nah, no. my, my, nah, nah, nah. Like it, like every, I think everybody knows by now. Like um, what's called? I like the the kid. What is it? Mackay Polk from uh, Mississippi State. I uh, started off at Cal, but he's. Uh, I think they like. The draft network only have like reports on like 450 players or something like that out of almost like 700 and something. So there's a bunch of like UDFA guys, but he would have been one. I do like Justin Ross. I think he's definitely an option. Um, I think Justin Ross is a good shout. Yeah, Velas Jones Jr. or Bo Melton are also good shouts as well. But personally, the problem with Justin Ross is he's had to overcome quite a lot of injuries. So that's the I think that's the main reason he's fallen. He only he only ran a four six as well. Justin Ross. Yeah. I would. Pro- I would. Bo Melton went a four three. What did Vallis Jones Jr. Because I know he's he looked fast when watching him over. He, he was a four three as well. Four, he yeah. was actually four three one, and um, Melton was a four three four. I think like even at this point in time, you could be selecting a wide receiver that may end up being one of your kick returners, even. Um, guys, that because at this point in the draft, you're looking for guys that can also play special teams. So, I think personally, I would probably go with Alice Jones Jr. I like him as a prospect, I think he can be one of those kind of like backup slot um, wide receivers. So, maybe when Pringle, if he's out or if somebody gets injured, he's definitely someone that can come in and make some plays and develop. And that's what I think I would go for at this point, knowing that we have another pick. In, Two picks time. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, I'm good with that, yeah. Cool. We go with that one. And they pick an offensive lineman. So we go back again. And the one thing is, I think we only have now two picks left. We have the fifth round pick here and a sixth round pick. So we still have a lot of good players out there from what we've mentioned. Um, So, for example, there is Chris Paul, who's in... Offensive lineman, Evans, Luke Gadefki, Haskell Garrett, our, our guy is still there. Um, if this had more people on the system, may, you never know, maybe Tony Adams Jr. might be getting selected. <laughs> but, you know, just 
they don't have it, so we can't do that. But yeah, look, what do you guys think at this point? Do I like trading. I also like Gavin. Do we look at? Or do we look at trading back to see if we can get more picks out of it? We could, because we still need we still need more players. Like we still haven't gone with Connor. So let's say let's go for some more of the links and let's try with Indianapolis and right. I'll pray to God that this thing doesn't skip one of our picks when we trade back. Oh. <laughs> All right, so we trade this one. Let's say we move back to one fifty nine. Jesus, they don't even want to do that. So let's say if we go back to one seventy nine, no, they just don't want to trade. Okay, so. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, that's a uh, Saints. Let's try the Saints. Yeah, let's try the Saints. So if we go, there they are. Oh, they don't have a lot left. No. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not going for early. No. no. You ideally need a team that probably has a lot. So maybe like Jacksonville, because I know that they do have a lot of picks. Um, I just don't know when the next one is. Okay, yeah. So if we go this one here. They don't have. Jesus. Nobody wants to trade back at this point in time. This is Cle- not clearly, they don't see the value. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should just pick someone. Pick someone's up. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. You can get two, two seven rounds. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're just gonna have to. We're just gonna have to pick someone. So does anybody want to slam the table for somebody? No? Okay, fair enough. I'll just pick somebody then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm slamming the table for Luke Gadecki or Haskell Garrett. Which one do you want? Done. <laughs> did it take Haskell Garrett? Garrett, yeah. Right, okay. I'm just literally sticking to it. Now we have a, a big problem, especially if Gadecki somehow lasts. Because we're going to have one corner here saying <clears throat> Luke Gadeck. Oh, never mind. Smoke Monday. Who smoke go to? Eagles. Enjoy, my man. Smoke a lot of stuff on Monday in Philadelphia. Oh, I still get Verone McKinley there as well. Yeah, Bobby was... Bolden. What a name. Honestly, I feel like at this point in time, you need to look for like the funniest name. <laughs> Bo- Boba, 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 Boba has to be the winner so far. Uh, or maybe this guy Tariq Castro Fields, just because his name is Fields. Castro Fields, what a name! Just Sir Taylor. <laughs> yes, I love that one. Anyway, let's get back to the real situation here. <laughs> Who's at the top? This is our last pick, anyway. So. Um, <coughs> I don't know. Alec Lindstrom is still there. Did we pick two offensive linemen already? We have, yeah, yes. I think. What's the best cornerback? And what do we think of cornerbacks? Demarion Williams. He's pretty good for Houston. Um, I like him. Elijah Hicks, safety for Cal. Um, Tony's so. disgusted he's left has he left <laughs> he's gone yeah Jesus Tony 
I'm assuming his internet went. Why for you follow them to Sheffield? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe maybe we go. I honestly just because I actually I do like him as a prospect. We go safety. I think one guy is Varel McKinley. I think he's a really good player. I think he's one that there's been kind of some rumors of Bears being slightly interested. That that could be definitely an option. Where the hell did Tony go? By the Tony way, has he a, just Tony had off? a power cut. He had a power, power cut. He had yeah. a power cut. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't want to be involved in the last. He wasn't game. happy with the draft. Yeah, he, wasn't he, was, his, he wasn't no. putting his name on this draft. No, no he, he wasn't indeed. You, you were saying I stormed out the room. He literally just threw his dummy out the pram. He's gone. He's out of there. Oh, it's too late. He's, he's trying to come in now. Let's see. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't want to be involved in the last pick, my man. You just ran for the hills. What, what did we go with? Can anyone we haven't, remember? We haven't, we haven't gone in the last one yet. We're still looking. Oh, yes, 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 we, yes, we have. <laughs> Oh, did we go? Yeah, we're done. Yeah. We're oh, sorry, I'm just looking away. Who did we go with? <laughs> Jeez, that's that's a great. Did, oh, did you, right there, that did yeah, you go with that safety? Did you go with the safety? Yeah, for safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, very cool. Yeah, but look Good at move. the end. At the end of the day, look, it's it's good fun. What rank did we get? Like, I don't think E plus, man. They rank it. Nah, a, a a plus, a plus for all the trades that we made. But yeah, look, it's. It, it, it's a lot of fun just to be able to talk about some of the guys that and see some of the situations there where look we made two drafts in in or two trades in round two which is i think it's just interesting to see kind of the opportunity and the drop off based on which pick that you trade is it worth trading back in round two to get another third round pick in there or are you better off Picking one of those guys at the top of round two and just getting the guaranteed starter. And that's that's a big question that you're gonna have to ask because we got into that second, third round pick, and we were like, I like this guy, I like this guy. We we're talking about is there potential to trade back? At that point in time, is it actually just better just to pick a guy at the top of round two and just kind of get your guy? I know like at the end of the day, we still were able to move back up and in round two to get the guy who would have picked at 39 but again that that wouldn't happen probably in in the second round we we saw it once with i guess cody whitehair we moved back twice and ended up picking him and picking up some extra picks but it, it's an interesting scenario to see what can happen in the draft it's it's i think that's the, that's the interesting i find about mock drafts it's more the scenarios rather than the specific players that you pick and seeing the strategies because that's what all these teams will be doing right now. They'll be have they'll have all their scouts there in their draft room and they'll be doing mock drafts where they'll be forcing guys to pick in certain ways so they can see how are they going to react if this happens or this happens. And often you can never predict what happens in the draft. And <laughs> that's that's yeah, the well, crazy that's thing. That's the, the only guarantee is it'll be unpredictable. Like you, you just uh, I mean people's ideas change very quickly when you, you know, as you say, if you get a run on those quarterbacks, everything changes. So you can go in with one plan, but very quickly, you know, that, that could be completely off the table for you. I think as well with, with polls, it's just fascinating because there's no track record to base anything on. 
really for him being the main guy in, in the decision making situation. So I don't know. Like that it's that 39 pick, it's it's fascinating to see. Like, because we have so few picks, is it really, you know, will he be looking to kind of build those picks up? And as you say, 39 is that ideal pick from what we have that people would look to move up to. So it's it is it's gonna be fascinating to see what actually happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the main thing is kind of seeing seeing what happens. I'm just doing like uh, like a quick search up. I don't know if this is if this is gonna work. Just from I guess where the bears the the interesting thing actually is where the bears traded up to last year is where they're gonna be picking this year. So <laughs> they traded up to 39 last year, and that's where Tevin Jenkins was selected. Um if we if I go to 48 there's a guard that San Francisco took. Um, but like there's gonna be there's gonna be quite a lot of good players that are gonna be available for the Bears to go and get. And it just depends on kind of what strategy that the Bears wanna take with this. Do they wanna do they wanna go all in on offense? Are the, the one thing is we're all expecting offense and suddenly what'll happen is maybe the best player on the board is a linebacker or maybe the best player on the board is a defensive tackle. And then bears fans, while we're on our live stream, are going to lose their shit. And I'm here for it. I can't, I can't wait. Everyone, honestly, we should, we should actually get people live on the show. Just like phoning in with their instant reaction, being absolutely raging beyond belief. That is going to be great viewing. I, I'm here. I'll, look, don't be wrong. I might be a bit raging as well. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But <laughs> it's going to be good to watch, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be one of those things that, like, if it's somebody that, like, we don't really want, we're going to be, like, from going, being hyped at the Bears around the clock to be like, oh, and then we're going to be like, well, this guy does this, this, this. <laughs> Let's justify it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Exactly. Like Joe says in the chat, trust, trust in polls. Trust the process. That's the way it's gonna be. <laughs> but look, it's been a it's been a long show. It's been a fun show. We started off having a good time with Illinois defensive back Tony Adams Jr. If you've gotten to this point or you missed the first twenty five minutes of the show, make sure you go back and have a listen. You'll learn quite a lot about the kid, and he's he has a he has a lot of really good traits that would be something that I think the Bears might be looking into. Um, we have another show. It's an interesting one. We're bringing our fan zone show back. That's coming back on Saturday, and it's going to be mayhem. It's going to be mayhem. There's going to be – I don't know if Scott is joining the show. He might He might be. I'm not going to say it for, for certain. But myself and Tony will definitely be on the show, plus about seven other fans that are going to be on the show to talk about some of the biggest topics about the Chicago Bears. Me and Tony are going to sit back and relax and look at – and let people just go at it. We want you guys to be in the comments on Saturday. It is a Saturday at 4 p.m. Central Time. So make sure that you do get involved. Make sure that you give whoever's talking hell because it's going to be fun. Again, if you guys want to be involved in some of those shows, we have, we're going to be making up a list of people for the next couple of shows on for the fan zone because we're planning on continuing that the only week we will not be doing it is obviously draft week because we will be going live for about six hours so that that will not be happening 
But we will be live for day one, day two, and day three of the draft like last year. So make sure that you do stick with us. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do subscribe. It's It's been a lot of fun. Tony, thank you. Anthony, thank you. Noel, thank you. All we can say to end the show is bear down. Bear, bear down. Bear down. Bear down.